definitely. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> I got you. So this is No Deep Shit. I am Ryan Taylor. Gabe is still out there somewhere doing something. Um, <laughs> this is part two of an episode that we had started now a couple of months ago. Um, initially with Rad Rich and Deirdre, and now we have another dear friend of mine, someone else that I look up to, uh, LaRonda, um, of Two Birds Production. She does that alongside with Deirdre, and I, I'm trying to just get out of the way and let this be as free-flowing as possible, but really it's, it's just about trying to learn about what it was like coming coming from our subculture in the late 80s into early mid 90s as a black person in Houston, Texas, you know, and, and mm -hmm. kind of getting some more history and background on that. And we have a special guest with us too, Mr. Elijah. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's that what's up. Gonna My son. I thought he was going to say something spontaneous. Groundbreaking. Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what? You, you, you mentioned something that was weird, though, to me. Um, the 80s and even early 90s, what was going on. And I'm not talking about just the scene as far as the punk rock scene or the music scene in Houston in general. Um what was going on in Houston, like politically and, and socially, you know, right. you had, you had gay bashing that was real, that was real, Oof, that yeah. was really, that was really going on, you know? Y'all um, touched on that briefly had, last time. Yeah. You had, you had Adelie Delaney, you had police brutality that was going on heavily, yeah. you know, and um, they were beating, beating the crap out of punks and, and runaways, you know, and getting away with it. Covenant you know? house kids and stuff. Covenant like house kids, yeah, they, yeah, they, very they, much street kids. Like definitely, you know, that's the reason why we all kind of like watched out for each other because it wasn't, it wasn't just you know the street kids and the homeless kids or or homeless population or even the subculture yeah. in general. It was like everybody. It was like if you if you were down in the Montrose area, you were a target for some kind of harassment. It could right. be from like regular old, you know, I'm just hanging out. Gonna um, have a fun night with the guys and get drunk and then go down Westheimer and go you know jump out of a truck or jump out of my car and go um, you know go fuck around with some like you know scene kids I kind of feel bad about it after the fact emos you know it ain't like it, it ain't like it is now you know that area because it's all gentrified and like right. nice and clean now, frilly and pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was a crack corner. Yeah, she's right. That's what. Yeah. Like I got stopped by the cops because they were just like, "You over here buying crack?" And yeah. I was just like, and then he looked at my because I had a flight jacket on. He was just like skinhead. Yeah. And then of course like the cuffs went on, and yeah. I was like sitting there with Rihanna, and then they were just like, "What do you mean?" And then of course when they ran my driver's license, they were like, "Okay, we gotta call a gang task force." And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, "Okay, all right, yeah. I'm gonna be here for." A minute and I'm sitting outside emails and he was just like, "What were you gonna go around the corner and buy some drugs?" And I'm all like, "Nah, dude, I'm going to emails, like the yeah. club that I'm parked in front of that you stopped me you at." Had, when I you had you had and you had a cop yeah. at the time too, that um, his whole deal was just to stay in front of emails and he would he would he would hit on the girls. He would literally like, and he would try to. He, I wouldn't say he would try to rape them, but he would come on to them like really heavy. 
And um, they had was he was he working? Was it like like a on duty? Yeah, whatever? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he would give yeah. he would wait till you leave and and and, and pull you over and yeah. get tickets. And um, he was and he he would come over and talk to the people at the door and people were like, man, that fucking dude's a dick, you know. Yeah. And um, he got so many complaints, they finally made him they moved him out to <laughs> your your area, Sugarland. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> um, but that happened, and you got to know your neighborhood. That you're in, because he's like you saying that was a scary yeah. neighborhood, and um, I'm trying to think of the girl's name. And she got raped, like right. right down the street from the freaking right. emos, and it was I didn't know what to say, I didn't know what to what to do. I mean, anything, back then you, you just know? really couldn't do anything. I mean, like and it happened. You yeah, know, it's like we started getting friends with some cops. I mean, there was some, there was a few cops that were on Vice, and there was a couple other cops that were beat cops that would help us out. And like Westheimer Arts Festival, the numbers and, cops, were, yeah, the and the numbers cops, cops were, were yeah. two yeah. of them were like Vice cops, and yeah. they would help us out too. And they would actually keep an eye on us. I mean, they were the ones who told me that my apartment was getting raided one time. They waited until like oh, I damn. left my mm. house, um, my apartment off of Taft, and yeah. like they were just like, yeah, Deidre doesn't have anything to do with this, and they were just like waiting until she goes to work. And as soon as I like left I found out from him like what happened in my yeah. apartment because I, I called him like when um, well I was calling home to tell him that I was on my way home because we didn't have cell phones back then we had <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like leaving work and I and some weird person answered my phone and I was like who's this and I was just like you got about 10 minutes before I reach home I'm gonna be ass yeah. so I popped the trunk and like I literally get out my bat that I keep in the car and like my in one of my switchblades and I go on my house and there's like a note on the table that says like homicide your friends are in homicide and i'm all like what the just like in my your, house your was tore up. yeah oh, okay. can yeah. i i wanted to ask a question because if like for for men at that time 80s mm-hmm. 90s you did one thing you either worked at whole foods <laughs> yeah or I you mean, worked I... or you worked you worked as a bar back or bartender or you worked as a bike messenger you know, those, oh, yeah. are, yeah. those, are, those are the three gigs you had, you know. So I, I had but the I Whole Foods job. I had I the Whole Foods job, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> one? You at Kirby? I was, no, I was, was, uh, I was at Willcrest and Woodway. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I was curious on what, because that's what guys did, but what did, what did girls do as far as work? Um, actually, I worked at Shalovsky's um, at Fiesta Mike shop at one time. Um, I also worked at Rice Epicurean. And my oh, biggest God, claim to fame would be sound waves and also warehouse music. Thank you, evening manager. Hey. Warehouse music? What was warehouse music at? Was that on um, Shepard? Um, no, I was at the Westheimer location. I was Westheimer and Voss location. That's the one that they would have bands playing and stuff, right? Actually, I was there when Blueprint came out in Jay Z, and I met that. that That's crazy. That motherfucker's no lips are that big. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think is that big, it is that big. I was just like, holy shit, those are some soup coolers, dude. I was like, damn. He was up in my face, and um, and I met him because I was we were trying to get everything ready for him um, at that at that signing mm. because I think that's right when he first started dating like Beyonce mm. so he was yeah, in yeah. Houston a really? lot yeah. wow. that was like Houston yeah. connections mm. wow yeah and so he did it what year was there. that um, God, oof. you gonna catch me lying because I have no idea I, I whatever mean, year Blueprint came out because uh, they did the actual signing there he started the tour here in Houston right and um, I remember because they broke one of the pane of the windows and like somebody had to go to the hospital and he just kept on signing until he got how up packed and, was that spot it, I mean, literally, we had to clear out the parking lot because there was a line going all the way out to the wow. streets. So even the, the even came. then, for Jay Z, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, the sign uh, blueprint. I mean, I know these people. Jay Z was mad. This was two thousand one. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I mean, Jay Z was because massive. I was with Soundwaves before yeah. that, and I was at Soundwaves off of Gessner before they closed that location, and that was the location where all the rappers would put up right. their stuff and yep. everything. Yeah, because so. it was funny back then. It was like that one was more rap, and then you had the Montrose one that would be a completely it would yeah. be punk, hardcore, some oil. Right, like, which was funny because I was the only one that was over there. I had this. They let me have like one little punk section, <laughs> like I let a little me have strip. Like one little, a little, all right, you get three CDs. <laughs> Choose wisely. Because <laughs> I was doing, I was doing, I was doing my hip hop show at that time, you know. And me, a punk rock guy. The only reason I did that show was, um, I, it was um, it's people I went to school with, mm-hmm. and and, and said, so, yeah, man, we don't get no airplay. And I was like, so I wanted to do a show so I can get showcase them airplay. Houston's um, hip hop right. that's not like on a. Because the only thing was being played was like your mama's on crack rock and that type of Get stuff. Ghetto Boys. Yeah. 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 Well, Ghetto Boys wasn't even being played. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know? And they were, and so I approached KPFT and I said, man, you guys are racist. You guys don't want to do no, no, no culturally aware. So they gave me a hip hop show. I only they're like, had. shut him up. Here you go. You get this. You get this, <laughs> this little block popular. here. Yeah, 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 yeah. At, at three in the morning, by I the way. I was just about to oh, say, no. like, you get it in the middle of the night. Are you happy now, Rad? And, um, <laughs> so we did this, you know, because I wanted to, the whole idea was to like cross over like the older generation of people in the black community to what the younger kids are doing and try yeah. to cro- have a crossover. And um, the only kid I can, it was nobody that wanted to do the show with me. I had four records, like rap records. That's it. And I barely had that. And uh, so I ran to my friend Matt, Matt Sanzala, who did, uh, I only knew him from the punk scene because he did a porno fanzine at the same time. What the? I'm not mad at that. That's So somebody in the punk scene doing a porno, because now you're talking about, that's like paper cut and paste. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he would go. Real DIY back in the day. Yeah. And he would go. Like, like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. With he the glue go, stick. He would go to the. Pinkos. He would go to the. Uh, he would go interview like porn people at the strip clubs and stuff. And, and he, he, like, yeah. He would, but he would ask like. Yeah. He would ask like serious, like being like really serious industry like, questions, like yeah, you know. So it was kind of like a cool deal he did on the side, and I I approached him about it, and he was like, "Let's do it, fuck it, man." And he only had like maybe eight records, also. So we had from three to six to play like the same records, and we end up oh, no, and <laughs> yeah, that, no, that didn't go on. So we play, we'll play yeah. like we'll play like records, and then we'll end up playing like punk rock the rest of the night. You okay, know? okay. And uh, but then we started like getting uh, like recognition, and and, stuff, and then yeah. we started kind of like we met Will Strickland, okay, who was a basketball player at Rice, who did a hip hop show. So me, he did it for Rice Radio. Yeah. Um. So when me when me and Matt showed up on it on a show, like trying to try to figure out how do we become him, you know, and uh, and how do we get free? How do we get music? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was just like, who are these fucking nerdy kids? You know, this crazy kid with the glasses and this white kid. What the, what the hell? And um, but he started he started he he started getting us like in contact with labels and how to report right. music. So he taught us a lot. If you listen to um, the Wu-Tang Clan, um, when it says Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, mm-hmm. 
they go and Will Strickland and the Gavin. They they mention him oh, because he funny. was like yeah. the he was like the record. Uh, he was the one that would play he, them. back He was then. a record rep. Yeah, okay. which it, it's so interesting. You, you talked about this show last episode, but like we just had a buddies band uh, in town from LA, mm. and they equate. Houston with rap, with Houston rap, Mike Jones, yeah. Trey the Truth, mm-hmm. Paul Wall, all this stuff, and all they wanted to do was check out yeah. Houston rap monuments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and that is like the stereotype about Houston right now, lean but cuffs that, and all this. But it's interesting that like y'all were all coming at this before that hit. But Especially that's, you talk about that's before. That's before. That's, and I saw this the other day, and um, it was a documentary. I told you about a documentary on the Chicago scene. Mm-hmm. Um, what Houston didn't do, and didn't do a good job of, is document all that stuff was was going on at that time. No, it's tra- straight right. up. Yeah, well, that, York, that's why we York, started this podcast. York, we were trying New to figure York out a way to document it. What was right. going on in the eighties, seventies, the seventies and eighties? That stuff is documented. Yeah. Yeah. It's videotape. Um, um, what's yeah. the name? Kendrick's like, would be a really good person. What's his we name? Um, um, because Kendrick's followed a lot of that when we were younger. What's the um, guy from? A lot more closely. Than what's the guy I'm well, thinking that's of a, from? Um, he did the document. He did the doc. He's all in the class videos. The, the, the black mm-hmm. guy. Uh, the Le, 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 Levitz or something. I forgot his name. But, it, but he documented that whole scene. He just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. For Chicago? No, this is in London. London? This is in okay. England. And he was he just happened to be in the right place at the right time. Because when the punk thing was was boom, it was popping off, he just happened to have a camera and he would videotape like what was going on. Luckily enough, the um um uh the BBC came to him and said, Listen, can you make a film of what's what this is all about? And he was actually, I never made a film before. I just, this, this, you know, all he was all he was about was like DJing and getting high with his buddies, you know. But all his buddies were like people that thought he was cool because he played reggae music and dub mm. and all the punk uh, and all the punk rock kids love that stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. And they 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 and so he was able to find out how to make a film out of all that stuff that was going on, and he documented that scene, the 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 um the round the roundhouse and yeah. and all these old venues there, mm-hmm. and that's something that Austin did that Houston didn't, and even yeah. San Antonio, San Antonio no, has a rich history. No, San Antonio uh, does, but but going back to that and what Deirdre was saying about uh, Kendricks is like. I try to tell as many people as possible, like, mm-hmm. you don't understand. We had an OG, like, black-fronted, skinhead, yeah. hardcore band yeah. coming out of Houston, representing right. Houston, mm-hmm. when no one else was yeah. doing that. Yeah, no right. one. nobody. And, yeah. and, and there is... No Templars, so, no... <laughs> well, no, seriously. So yeah. we we have a, we share a practice space with Los Carnales now, and so they have all these old posters in there, yeah. and they have an old tread one. And it's the old photo of them on the uh, railroad tracks. Oh yeah, and that one's a good one. That and every time I every time I see that, I think about how there's no documentation. There's there's some YouTube videos you can mm-hmm. find, but there's no like. I think Kendrick has a lot like, of it. Um, Adrian might actually have a lot of the flyers and a little bit more. Um, more I have, stuff. I have yeah. a flyer. Yeah, yeah Adrian, stuff you know, like that. But Adrian that might actually have a lot of stuff. Um, and Kendrick's is pretty good about keeping up with a few things too. But as far as like being around and kind of like being all over the place, Kendrick's was all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't just like, you know, 
he embodied like the like the subculture scene because he was just everywhere. He would he'd be coming to a show and be like, yeah, I was just over here at this other place. You know, oh yeah, with he was these out other the artists yeah. and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. I mean. Um, you know, on the other side of town at some, you know, local rap show or something like that. And that's like true, that. because Kendrick, like, Kendrick's one of those kind of people who knows people that you would not expect him to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> super weird. I mean, like, walking around with him just anywhere, yeah. like, just anywhere is just like, hey, what's up, Kendrick? Hey, who do you not, who does yeah. not know you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who don't know you? I yeah. don't understand. Like, you, you, like, you're killing me. He's out there in multiple contexts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah he's yeah. just everywhere. He's everywhere. But it, it, it's funny you mentioned that. We were just uh, laughing about how Rich went to all three damn shows on Friday and still showed up uh, to uh, to our show on Friday. Yeah. Like, just like, time to see us. But still, <laughs> like, you know, this fool's with to what was it doctor no negative mm-hmm. approach yes. and then the, the then, one at yeah. trip six yeah and it was funny because i didn't even um i i'm not even a negative approach fan i mean i not i, I you know a lot of people like that stuff but I, yeah. I never i've never was really big on them you know mm-hmm. uh, well you're opening up a whole can of worms right there I, I just yeah i mean everybody else was into them and i was like yeah you know because at well, the time at the time you gotta understand, Negative Approach did like I think two albums, like maybe one seven inch, and yeah, but that was t- a lot of punk bands back then didn't yeah, get that much. But you know, people thought people look at them and they would play. They were like an opening act. They wouldn't like it. Wasn't like the same band as people see them now. Yeah, because when they were playing back in the day, people were like, "Oh, Negative Approach, okay, whatever." You know, yeah. it wasn't really something that was. That, that was big. You so know, you're saying were, they, they didn't get the hype till afterwards? No. Right. right yeah, a lot right, of bands. Right. I mean, everybody, everybody who started off here didn't really get hyped up until later. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Houston has never been a place that uh, people are repping, like, personally. But, like, if you're an artist of any sort, you moved I mean, Austin. it wasn't <laughs> you know? until really y'all came yeah. into the scene doing your hardcore stuff that yeah. it wasn't. I mean, bands would leave here mm-hmm. to yeah. try to make it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they would go to Austin. They would go to who, San Antonio. Who do we have? Dynamite Boy? Dynamite Boy left uh, um, when they graduated River, from Fe- River Phoenix. River Phoenix, yeah. they left. I, was that River Phoenix? Well, they, they, they were change, Phoenix they TX first, yeah, right. and then yeah. they Phoenix, became yeah. River Phoenix. Yeah, because right or was it the no? Reverse? No, it was, well, it was a reverse. cease and desist. So it was yeah. a cease and desist. They couldn't they couldn't use that name because yeah, that, at that yeah. point, you know, River, River Phoenix, Phoenix had just right. suicide or died or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. And, um, so then they became Phoenix TX. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. They, and they got and they got huge, but they didn't. And. I hate it that all these bands got huge, even Thirty Foot Fall. Right. Yeah. Thirty yeah. yeah. Foot Fall signed a Nitro, which was oh, a big, I know. That was which was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and it was it sucked because like all these bands like start breaking Casey big, Casey, yeah. and Casey they Garland. never, yeah. they never, yeah, and they never said like we're from Houston. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. would just be like we're from either either would be like a broad stroke of like we're from Texas, or right? Be like we're mm-hmm. from Austin. Yeah. So, but it was yeah. never like Houston. Right. Y'all y'all gave me so much crap from the jump about that that like I, I I put it on all the damn t-shirts I talk about it every time we play I have to wear a Houston band right. and I, I I understand that more and more on how important it is like you were talking about like us coming up uh, with the hardcore stuff early on and like what was so important to me was like the first time um I think it was 100 Demons playing with Pete Morsey mm-hmm. at Fat Cats or something I was like there's another skinhead dude doing hardcore that's got that connection mm-hmm, you know because right. i thought i naively thought it was a uniquely houston thing that we <laughs> no. even had. you know what i'm saying though like i like right, obviously right. there was the early yeah, 80s yeah, but like yeah but now you know yeah 
I mean, you know, I mean, Pete, Pete's, all the East Coast guys are, you know, very much like that. I grew up a little bit more on the East Coast. LaRonda's more of the West Coast person. So I think that that's kind of what makes us. A oh, by the way, well, y'all, well. Don, Don Les is who I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. And um, yeah. He, he just did that Trojan documentary, right? He did a Trojan documentary, but he did a, they just did a documentary about him himself. And it, it was weird How because. How you do a documentary about yourself? Mm. Well, he didn't do it. Somebody else did it. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, be but, like, you know what? I got a great idea. I'm going to make a documentary about, about myself. But that, but it, it was, well, I guess we're kind of doing that now. You but. would see this. You would, <laughs> we seen this guy so long, so many times, but nobody actually knew his story. And I didn't. Right. I didn't know his story until yeah. like I saw the documentary because um, yeah, because he doesn't he even really up, like punk and oi, right? He does. He, no, he didn't like oi. Yeah, I, I, I don't I know. If he, I don't know. But, no, well, I don't but, know if he knows oi, but you well, know. but I and this is just for me nerd out watching know documentaries he, right. and, and talking to old older skinheads. But I understand because the mid '80s. They were all Nazis. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like not all, but it was like whenever that thing was. You talking about? You talking like, about in England? Yeah. In England, he had the National Front. Right. And yeah, that was popping off. But I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one guy, one guy, time in the um, day for that, boo boo. One guy, time in the day for it, that. It, it was, it was built on the same thing that was going on here with the Trump stuff. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, yeah. The whole nationalism, America first, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, it was insidious. And people, like, and people would use that as far as. Um, 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 Immigrants out and that type of stuff. It's you know? so interesting because I, I was I was looking at some of that stuff and talking with someone else about how the the parallels are right there because the the language that they yeah. use first was just like we have an immigration problem we got to make sure that we give the money to our people and not right. let the immigrant mm -hmm. threat come in. Right. We're seeing that over here with a lot of narratives. Right. But didn't you see that? Didn't you see that same thing with um, Brexit in England? Yeah. In yeah, England. Yeah. In England. Brexit used the same the same language that was used here in America, yeah. you know, and a lot of a lot of American politicians and 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 right wing groups uh, gave money and put money into like funding this whole like Brexit. Well, yeah, deal, it's just like you know? going back and going back to what we were talking about that last time is that it, it, this has been a systematic thing. So a lot of people don't realize of like you know the reason why a lot of these you know what. The 311, 312, whatever, and oh, Proud yeah, Boys yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these other people, they're they're able to get this big because a number one, we're just not the people who we, just from my opinion, we're not the people who we used to be back in the day because mm. something that, to me, even though technology's here, <laughs> is it was still something that was on a lot of people's radar and we all knew about it. Yeah. I mean, when we had to do a cease and desist to, to have them stop using certain bands' images and stuff like that, you know that we know what the hell's going on. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, right. Um, and for them to get that big, to be one of the biggest, you know, basically, you know, groups that are being prosecuted right now for being at, um, at you know, the um, January 6th thing is just crazy to me because I don't think it would have ever gone that far if it was back when we were, you know, when mm. we were younger because that kind of stuff just didn't... Why not? We just didn't... Huh? Why not? It's because, because I think that we were a lot more involved with mm. the youth back then. I, I think that the generation now is a lot... And this is just my opinion, and mm. I know I might get a little bit of shit 
from this, but it's a lot of like fashion and going to shows. It's not about raising these people mm -hmm. and having consciousness. And then you have this gaslighting of people who think that just because you're non-racist or you support Black Lives Matter or any of this other stuff, that all of a sudden, like, you know, you like, like it's the demonization of like basically saying that if you agree with all of that stuff, you're bringing into you're bringing into the skinhead scene something that wasn't there. And I'm all like, yeah. but it was, you know, and I'm all like, it, that's what it was built that's on. That's what it was, yeah. yeah. And 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 you know, and you not being racist or you not accepting people who are fence walkers and stuff like that hanging around our scene because they're appropriating our scene. They're hanging yeah. out in our scene. They're recruiting underneath our noses, being at shows, and that's the reason why we didn't talk that stuff back in the day it's like if we knew you were on the fence if you didn't have somebody vouching for you you were out of the show I don't care if you paid or not because like you're sitting up there you may not do anything but you're telling people all our information yeah you know and that's the thing that people don't understand is that they come out and they say like I'm your brother and I'm your sister but you're putting me in jeopardy mm -hmm. you know I'm, I'm a black woman in a in in the skinhead scene for years and it's just like my friends who constantly tell me all the time like I got you back I got you back well you got my back but why are you in my face telling me that you're gonna allow this fence walker to drink beer and hang out here and that i should be backing off we talked about before is that like you you see a lot of skinheads that talk about like no politics right mm. and so <laughs> that's always a and, red flag for me. and for me it's like okay politics is one thing but racism is not a politic racism is a moral that is utilized in politics mm. so you have to figure out for yourself like mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. is it really no politics? Uh, right, right. You know? <laughs> but then it goes back to the question of, like, how do white people describe themselves as non-racist when when you're in a scene? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people, I mean, because I know I get it. I know I get it as a black person walking around with skinhead on my flight jacket mm -hmm. or my jean jacket or something like that. Mm. I avoid it a lot. I took him off of my jacket because yeah. people would just roll up to me and be like, how could you be a skinhead? You black. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you, like, you got to get the you question. Know, yeah. Yeah. My people, but I'm defending <laughs> myself against like, you know, Karen white people who are just like, what do you mean? You know, you can't be walking around with don't eight. Number one, don't tell me what you don't know about. Right. And my thing is, is like, how do other, you know, cultures explain themselves, you know, when somebody asks them about the history when you're sitting up here demonizing the people who are basically legitimizing your your you know your scene mm -hmm. i mean because every city has a whole bunch of black people in it that mm -hmm. been in it for years mm -hmm. and we legitimize the fact that y'all are non-racist yeah but yet somebody will jump up in my face real quick including at my own show <laughs> that i put on yeah. and tell me that i'm throwing out somebody or throwing out a homeboy or a friend who has some questionable, you know, like morals about stuff or or just straight up like a fence walker, then I'm wrong for doing that. It's just like, dude, I don't need, A, number one, I don't need his money. Number two, I don't know what he's telling other people. Mm. He might not do shit. His mm. friend might not do shit. But he can go back and be telling, well, I saw Deidre, I saw this person, I saw Dave, I saw this person, mm. um, you know, getting buddy-buddy with my friends who might know where I live, what I do. People don't understand. Like, there are people who have been paid 
to start these organizations. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. and oh, 100%. Yeah. propagate this this violence. And, and then to, there's lone wolves that get paid right, to get out of right, that and then right, come around and Right. And, and, and like, I mean, these groups get scene, big like, because they give people the instruments, they give <coughs> people the vans, they give people the money, they give everybody these audiences, and then they tell them to go out to these hardcore shows, they go, tell them to go out to OI shows and stuff like that, and be quiet, don't make a, uh, mm-hmm. don't make a fuss, but if you see somebody really important, try to become friends with them and stuff Same like that. Same with the National Front thing that yeah, happened yeah. back in the day. You know, and, they, but, and they recruit out of our stuff, and they've been doing it for years, and the, and the idea that people, like, like, why wouldn't you believe me? I'm your sister. You know what I'm saying? I'm so called your sister. Why wouldn't you believe me? You you okay with like kikiing and like drinking with your boy and stuff like that? But you rather go ahead and have my life or you know my well being being threatened by the information that he could give out or, uh, but, know, but, or, or but, me being there. But real quick, like you mm-hmm. just open up a can on that because, okay, if I if I want to be a skinhead in Houston, right? And I want to pay my dues, and I want to get cropped in properly, and go. No, hold up, let me finish this, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. I got it. I got and it. Like, I got and it. like, I, I don't really pay your dues. I never understood that. But well, uh, I mean, I, I went through a lot of shit. I went through a lot of shit at shows at Fitzgerald. Uh, Dean was the one that brought me in, right. and he would do this weird thing where he'd be really nice, and then just say the meanest thing, like, "Yeah, hey, dude, I'm gonna beat your ass unless you go get me that beer, man." Really? Yeah, yeah. But give you that stunning look, like bitch, move. I just never. But hold on, hold on. So, but Mm -hmm. okay. So if I I I want to get into this and and learn the history and understand that like I'm going to be facing a lot of people that are going to think I'm a Nazi, then why the fuck would I want to walk into a show full of people wearing screwdriver shirts and be like? Okay, cool. Like, yeah, but they're just like into the music and stuff like that. Okay, well, my next door neighbor who doesn't know anything about the subculture is going to come into this show and see all this and be like, okay, cool, bet. My neighbor's a a Nazi. He's a racist. Okay, cool. Got it. Understood. It's the same thing I was talking about, about why we, you know, pulled out of that thing because it's like... right. It's it's not my call and it's not my place to be involved in that. Mm. Uh, It is my place to show up and fucking... Whenever I'm called on, you right, know what I'm saying. Right. But I never, you know, it's two things because I, I know Nazis, like people are so-called borderline or whatever Nazis. I talk to people like, you know, whatever you gonna do, you well, you're Nazi, okay, whatever. I mean, that didn't, that didn't bother me really, because that was because that's that's their whole deal. That if somebody needs help, need to talk about it, I want to be there. I don't, I don't try to, what's right. the word I'm looking for? Ostracize? Yeah, that's I mean, the word. Honestly, but, I want to hate but, on you right now, but that's very Christian of you. That's very Christian of you. But like but like I said before, I get more, I don't, it's it's because you guys see that all the time. I get more shit, pardon my French, I get more shit from black people than I do. Oh yeah, uh, we get it from black I people. Mean, I, I, I get that, I get, yeah, I get, get, I get that more Mm-hmm. Than, than seeing some white. I, I don't see any white supremacist I think, guys, I think but that, I do see I do see people that black mm-hmm. people that look down on me and 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 because I'm not part of this and I'm not part of that. I'm, I don't do this. I don't do that. I got that more, and that hurt more than any type of white power stuff. I know exactly a, a group of people that that we all know that. I never appreciated the way that they talked to you, especially going into like the current political climate and stuff like that. 
because they're leaning one way and you're openly leaning another way. No, who's that? I'm going to name names. But it's like, <laughs> no, no, it's like but, but I mean, like, Radbridge, I, th- I, mean, I think that, I think that, like, Radbridge's demeanor and the way that he, that he is in the scene is very much, um, not to say that people ignore the fact that he's black because they don't, and he does get shit I, just I, as much as we do and stuff like that. But I think that after a while, it's oh, almost like, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, almost like, you but, know, Rad is Rad is Rad, and people know that if they really need to talk to somebody, there's certain people that were within the scene, including myself. Like people knew that if they really wanted to talk to me, like you know, like Kelly Murphy back in the day, stuff like that. If they really wanted to rap with me about something, you know, like on a serious note, I, I I've met a lot of you know ex Houston Nazis in the bar before, just me and them, and like in there and being like, you know, like I don't understand what's going on with you, but, like, but it, I can't keep it, on. But if I have that back, if I need that back. Right. You know, right. I, I I gotta look around me and see. Okay, who got my back? You know, right. yeah. well, whoever it a, is. That's a, a super important assessment to make. The dude about. that you mentioned. Yeah. The dude you mentioned. I could always. I always knew he had my back. Okay. Whatever happens, if I'm wrong or right, and the wrong or right, that dude had my back, and he's he'll. I, I, mean, I, I believe that, but in my opinion, there's a... Now, he might be and, crazy and ignorant, but that's a whole other story, you know? And and, and once again, I, I'm a white dude saying this, so... Right. But in my opinion, there will be people that don't treat you like a man, treat you like, like in my opinion, like the elder where you came from, well, you know? Most people and don't just even like, know me, though. To, to be honest, I get, they, I get they, that. they know me uh, uh, like Chameleon Street. Mm. They know me from this side of me. They know me from this, but they don't really, I don't really hang out. I don't really, I don't hang out with anybody, right. you know? Yeah, I mean, I so they don't, they they only know me from a certain segment of, of what I do. And I do a lot of different stuff. Right. And um, you can't just, you can't just pinpoint me in certain, certain elements. I yeah. think, I can I think fit, I can fit very, in, yeah. I can fit into any type of, are you too? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I can mean, fit we're, in any we're, type of environment I'm in. I mean, you know? you know, unfortunately for us, a lot of black skinheads, we lived like totally two different lives. I mean, because like our home life and our family life is a lot different than our friend life, and both of them don't understand each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, my dad. You know, Ryan, you see him all the time. Mm. You know, my son comes in the shop all the time. So, you know, he he's even now finding out stuff to this day about me. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, LeBron is super oh, lucky. Oh, I'm yeah, open, open, can, open. Like, yeah. I'm like, you can take it or leave it. Like, here it is. Yeah. And my mom is a scene mom. Mm. My stepdad's yes. like, I'm here for this. Like, yeah. so. If you ever come to Houston, you will meet Miss Elfin. Yeah. yeah. And you will be. Best come with the respects because she will do. You know. It's always about supporting each other, too. And not, and, not, and I'm not just talking about the punk scene, the oil scene, or whatever. It's whatever you do. Because when I did all those film screenings, the Afropunk screenings, mm-hmm. these guys were always there. Yeah. I had yeah. people that I didn't even think would, would show up. You showed up. They yeah. showed up, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's kind of that's cool to have, you know. Because um, um, I thought it was... I, I thought it was important, and when I showed it, it is important. Teacher and you know, I just talked about that for. I don't know if you saw Afropunk coming up. Afropunk, like, I, I'm, it, a, I'm it, aware of it, but I still haven't it's, seen it. It's, I mean, it's it, it's a really good documentary. It definitely 
it definitely highlighted the the music aspect of um, our influence and the music and stuff like that and the current and also past artists. Mm-hmm. Um, our biggest thing was is with the Q and <laughs> the Q and A was kind of like a whole bunch of black people looking at us and they yeah. were just like we okay. sit up there talking about the scene. And they're like, um, you know, I'm not sure if we have any questions. Because <laughs> like, black people were like, we're not sure if we have any questions. Yeah, yeah. Like, looking at each other like, yeah. what should we ask? Because yeah. Fishbone, has <laughs> been around for, and, and that was one of the things that got me about that. And I didn't even think about that till later on. Man, these cats been doing that for like 30, I don't know how long they've been doing it. Ooh, a right. long time. Probably and so many, close to 40 years. so many, so time. many artists, so many artists have broke opening up for them. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Pearl Jam, uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, you can go down a list and for them still not to be recognized and still be an opening act is, is it's, something it's that's asinine. Really, like yeah. it makes zero sense, right? Yeah. But it just you know? reminds you, it reminds you how much even now, how much the scene doesn't buy you you know, just like I said, from city to city, you have, you know, black skinheads that have been holding down the scenes city to city, and we mm-hmm. just kind of get brushed in along with the rest of everybody else, and people never really ask us, like, I mean, because as I told you, my, my parents called that stuff noise. I mean, they even call it noise <laughs> now. Like, I mean, my, my I mean, they, my Turn dad that noise around, down. you know, and <laughs> yeah. says, like, I would love to come out and see a show or something like that or whatever. I want to see Ryan's band. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Ryan's band. That was just, you know, um, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not sure about that, Dad. You know, but <laughs> but you know, that's a lot of noise. You have, yeah. you have, but you have a conversation with your dad like that. I mean, I've always had conversations, Raw. but I think it was always ignored as like, okay, well, that's just kind of like your immature kind of like, you know, like that's it's not the, our lifestyle to my parents is not viewed the same way as. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's parents are just like, why are you still calling your hair? you 40 years old? You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everybody has that aspect of that, but black families are totally different because they're just like, we didn't raise you like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they think it's like a defect <laughs> or something. Like, yeah. like we had you around too many white people or something like that. You know, like, even to this day, my parents are just like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have been out in the suburbs. Like, maybe we should have <laughs> been in the hood somewhere. You know? And I was just like, it wouldn't have mattered. It, it wouldn't would have, mattered. have mattered. It really wouldn't have because you I don't didn't... don't think so? No. no I grew up on a farm not. in North... Or Southeastern Oregon in a town of 2,500 people and still a, became a skinhead. And I was a part of Jack. I'm just curious because how did you find punk? Well, I mean, boy, but that's, you know a, mean? that's the thing of like this whole thing is to find out like how you got into it and, yeah. and how we got into it mm-hmm. and how most black skinheads or even subculture kids and well now adults got into it because like it's not our normal path. I mean, like for, uh, for mm-hmm. me, it was just like really weird happenings that kind of went on that just awareed me of something that I really liked and it resonated with me so I went with it but you know I was I, I mean I went I was a part of Jack and Jill which is like a oh, basically wow. like you that. know yeah. I mean it's like yeah. it's like junior league like if you if like you know um, black prep school hey, yeah, yeah. Black it's, like, it's like 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 a black prep school like okay. uh, to, it's called Jack and Jill yeah. yeah it's called Jack and Jill like okay the guy from um, the the guy from um, Blackish yeah 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 um, the dad they have a, he was in Jack and Jill really okay like, they have a whole Atlanta. episode about it about right. cotillion and all that stuff but it, yeah oh. like I had a cotillion and I had a whole like thing and everything like I'm that I mean, it up you, right know. Now. you didn't so it's you, just didn't, like, you didn't but I mean, it was a Houston thing? No, it's a no, it's a nationwide thing. It's an everywhere thing. I everywhere black thing. I found punk and 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 all that stuff because you know I don't know about you, but I was like kind of the nerd, I, isolated, uh, loner. 
right. by myself. Didn't you know? Didn't fit into anything. And I was listening to radio, and I would hear this just crazy music on. I'm like, whoa, what is this? You know, whoa. Right. And um, and they would talk about having shows, and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. So, um, but and I would go to sh- and I and I went to my first show, and the sh- first show I'm around, I, I'm seeing other people that are loners, misfits, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. crazy people that that's why I fit in. I was like, well, I, I can fit into this. And that's right. how I got into it because, not because it was like a certain like hanging out or anything like that. It was just more of people, that, it's more of like being isolated and being a loner and not being able to be accepted in anything. And, and finally finding people that are finding a scene that you kind of can be accepted in. And, and right. um, um, you know, because I went through the whole rocker stuff too. You know, I went, yeah. and, but, but, but thing, I didn't like, fit. But uh, I didn't fit into that. Trying to find I, a place to fit in, right. and then still being in our mid forties, and still me going to bouncing souls, and people making mm. it a purpose to make me feel uncomfortable because I'm not uncomfortable there. Yeah, as yeah. like white adults, it's, it's that's that's the reason of like talking about this is because it's like. You know, we've been, I've been a part of the Houston, you know, infrastructure, you know, or subculture for a while. And it's like, I go to a show like Bouncing Souls, I was supposed to bring Elijah with me, mm-hmm. you know, um, ended up not and having a night out. But it was just like, it was crazy to me because here I am, this is a docile show. You know, I ain't looking for no action. I mean, this right. is not really my scene. You is know, that like, White Oak show? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I just roll in there with a friend and it, it's just like, they're not, and it's funny because she looks white, but she isn't. She's not. Yeah. And she's sitting right next to me. Everybody sees that I'm like hanging out with her. But yeah, every time somebody bumps into her, they're just like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and like, and she's like, get the fuck off of me. You're yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. she's literally being aggressive with them. Yeah. Like, get the fuck off of me. Don't touch me. Yeah. Get away. And you know me, I get in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm on the outside of the pit and I'm stone faced. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be aggressive looking at nothing. As a matter of fact, I'm just there, you know, hanging out, doing, um, you know, listening to Bouncing Souls, you know, kind of laughing about how old everybody looks now and all this kind of stuff. And the last time we saw them probably was like Warp Tour or something like <laughs> yeah. that, you know, backstage. And I'm sitting up here just trying to have a night out. And I think this whole idea of that, I was so comfortable in that. Um, I was comfortable in in my own space there that it made other people uncomfortable. It made all these other people that were there uncomfortable. And so it's like people were going out of their way to be aggressive with me. And I'm all like, dude, like, you know, going about your business, like your girlfriend jumping around the pit, slapping people and shit like that. And you're jumping up and down. Y'all reenact your little warp tour, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever, with your kids in the pit and stuff. Leave me the fuck alone. Well, especially a show like that, you're getting a lot of people that don't normally come to shows or or they're not involved in a scene or a community. Yeah, because that's like a real real college band anyway. I mean, I went to Texas Tech and I will tell you that like that was a thingity thing. Bouncing (laughs) souls for those fools, that was a thing. So you have people who are not even remotely aware that we exist, you know what I mean, going to this show. But to your point, still acting the same way. Like they're like, mm-hmm. why are you comfortable here? You shouldn't yep. be comfortable here. This is our thing. Why are you here? And it's like, right. I mean, like me standing there and you know, and I'm doing everything that everybody else is doing in the pit. I'm having fun. I'm not being aggressive towards anybody. And MC's next to me and she's doing the same thing. But it's like every time that somebody was bumping into her doing something or, or she would aggressively push somebody else, they would come back and apologize and be like, well, I didn't mean to do that. Like, I'm sorry, I made you angry. And I remember this one 
one dude coming up and like shoving his drinks in my hands at the show and I was just like dude if you don't I was like stop mm-hmm. you know I was like just leave me alone and he was like no hold these I can I, I'll protect you and I was like sweetie what, what? Um, I was like sweetie um, I need you I was, to protect me at shows <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like um, I, I, I've been I've been going to shows since probably you've been in middle school so yeah, I was yeah. like you can back up yeah and of course MC was just like I don't I, I don't know what the hell's going on like we're walking away from this thing and she was just like we're just supposed to have a night out like hanging out and like people trying to dig in on you and I was just like it took me a long time to realize that it wasn't necessarily me just being an aggressive person you know and I, I'll admit to that when I was younger yeah I got some angst just like everybody else does and getting in the pit and having fun just like everybody else but I also started realizing the older I got um, even when I went up to go see um, hanging out with um, Scotty V in DC we hit up a DJ night and this dude um, was constantly berating me and doing stuff and like trying to get like trying to goat me on and I'm just like and you know Scotty V is not a small dude you know and you know he does not look nice right you know but this dude had like no problems following me around the whole night it wasn't until like a whole bunch of old heads started showing up because you know New York party's late yeah you know so we're rolling out early because we got something to eat and we're sitting at the bar but it wasn't until a whole bunch of old heads came and the DJ came and he realized and and he actually proceeded and they actually had to grab him because Mike Scotty was about to like rip this dude's head off after yeah. a while, you know. But it took that long for him to realize, like, hey, it took after the show, after the DJ spot, after the show, for Scotty to be like, I'm done, yeah. like, because I wasn't gonna start nothing. That's not my city. Yeah. That's not my stuff. I don't know who this dude was. Like every time we ask somebody, everybody's just like, yeah, he's just a hang around, you know. But I'm just like the fact that I was comfortable there. And I mean, Scotty, I mean, like, Scotty lives there. Yeah, yeah. And this dude had, like, no problems, you know, like, still digging in on me. And I was just like, it's incidences like that have happened when I, as I've gotten older, that I realize it's not, it's not me and my, like, resting bitch face or my demeanor. It's the fact that I am comfortable where I'm at and people are uncomfortable that I'm comfortable because they don't feel like this is where I, I need to be. Right. Right. Well, and, and I think, especially talking to both of y'all, like I look at y'all as like my older sisters and go to y'all about a lot of stuff, right? But like a big reason we wanted to do this episode and talk about this stuff is, is to find out like what the hell y'all's experiences were First off, coming into the subculture, then actually being like the movers in in this city, in the South, in a skinhead scene, you know? And and then also not only being black, but then being women because... It's there's, a whole different ballpark. Well, there's a ton of there's a ton of, like you're just you're just talking about being angsty and aggressive, right? But there's that whole racial stereotype about black women, like yeah. oh yeah, they always got something to say, they're angry, what all mm-hmm. this other stuff. That. Yeah, that's why I I'm not married, y'all, <laughs> because I am the angry black woman from Houston. But you get what I'm saying. So then, yeah. then you, you know, get into show politics with it with people not yeah. acting right, you know, yeah. and like and a lot of people don't understand with? Like, yeah. with women like and this is this is my view but we talked about this before mm-hmm. so like it's one thing to be a, a female in the skinhead scene and it is definitely I know right yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely something different to be to be black um, like in the and sense gifted. that yeah. and gifted but um, in excellence. the sense that like <laughs> black females 
are like either they're sexualized, highly sexualized mm -hmm. and tokenized. Like it's one of those things like people will be like, oh, well, you know, she's this or she's that. And it's not even like you really think I'm that or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just saying it because you think that's going to get you more brownie points mm -hmm. from all the other skinheads, right? Yeah. And it's like, so, it's, it's a fetish yeah. at that point. It's yeah, just it's, like, it is a fetish. Or yeah. like with Do you think like, that's just a skinhead thing or just you know, culturally it's, in general? I, it's no, both. I, I think it's both. It's both. It's yeah. both. But, but you find it a lot more in our scene because that legitimizes you more about like not So being going back to the whole root thing. Yeah, so mm -hmm. if, if you can put a stamp on it like that, then that makes you look better based on X, Y, and Z yeah. over here. I'm a skinhead, but look at my girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like me being like, Okay, well, I'm not racist because look at my friends. Right. And it's like, well, right. you know. And then you have this thing, like Deidre and I talk about, like the level of respect, too. We have to work harder. So, like, you could have literally, you could have an oi toy out there who has legitimately fucked like 85 bands, right? And that mm. hoe will get tons Ooh, of respect. Fiesta? But us? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, it's almost like we have to work harder. Well, I mean, you know, like, I could to date get, certain to people. To get just the, yeah. the simplest, like, the very, like, bare basics of respect. And it's yeah. like, and it shouldn't be like that. You know what I mean? Like, at all. Like, we're, we are representing ourselves correctly. So, and giving respect. So, based off the fact that we're representing ourselves correctly and giving respect, we've already earned it. So. I never, I never went out of anybody, anything. I never. Because you don't have a vagina. <laughs> That's the whole point. Yeah, you get you get some you get no, some but I never I never vagina, no, but I never know? even I never dated or went out with any punk rock skinhead or anything. Well, I mean, no, I no. I did I didn't I purposely didn't for years because it just it was too much of a conflict for me to so like have do? to. I mean, I I dated outside outside of the scene, of the scene yeah. because or seen a number a number well, one. Well, then that then how do you explain that? Well, the thing is, is that a number one, most people won't date me in the first place. Yeah. So let's just be real so? about that. Why? I mean, because they're afraid that if they jack up, I'm gonna hurt them. Which I'm just like, well, I mean, if you really fuck up, you might get hurt. You might get jacked up. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just how like, they, how other. would they jack up? Well, I guess I mean, like, I'm just curious. Like, they, what do you mean? Do you know skinhead men? <laughs> I know Fiesta. <laughs> and I guess it's like, a bad example. I guess it's like yeah. I mean that's an extreme. That's like a ten out of ten, you know. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but there's, I mean, I, I think there's just this whole thing of like, um, you know, there's a lot of. I wouldn't say fables because they're the actual true stories. Yeah, yeah. Now some of them could be a little bit more extremely told than others, but, but I mean, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little rough around the edges. I mean, but I had to be that way when I was younger because, like, I mean, in order for me to survive, like in the scene and not to get hurt, in because I got jumped several times when I was younger, and I remember my before getting into the subculture. Um, once before getting into subculture, but that had to do with my fiance at the time. He did dirt in Dallas, so we won't go there. But um, but yeah, some guys came down and knew who I was and um, jumped me to kind of like um, give a message out to him to be like back what? off, <laughs> or we know where she is kind of thing. And so um, that was the first time I got jumped. But you know, after that, I mean, once I started coming out as a skinhead chick, yeah, it's like I can go anywhere by myself. Like I mean, if I was leaving the show and helping up at Fitzgerald's or just hanging up of there i mean i had to be careful about like walking down the street by myself or walking back in the neighborhood by myself you know that's you know? weird because i didn't um i didn't i didn't i never got jumped but i got molested which was even crazier you well know? that's even worse yeah you know I mean, that's even yeah. worse yeah. I, mean, I mean arguably more traumatic it was yeah. traumatic it was tra it was yeah. traumatic because yeah. like um you know 
Um, cause like I said, I never had a ride home and you know, so right. I had to walk home all the time and, um, and I got, and I got molested or raped or molested or whatever. Yeah. And on the way home, you know, and, um, on the way home I, from a show, uh, from the mantras. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, um, we were all so targets how do you, back then. How do you, how do you, de- how do you deal with that? You know, that trauma. Cause I told my parents that like years later. Right. And they were like, should have told us back then. Uh, like, they just told, they treated yeah. it like I mean, kind I don't of a think joke. It, yeah, I know? mean, I think, I think, I mean, of course, I had like a black eye and stuff. So my parents right. were just like, you know, what, hell, what the hell happened? But, you know, I just played it off as like me getting in the pit and getting frisky with people right. and stuff, yeah. you know. But so you never told your parents that what, that was, what it was about? No. I mean, they don't know about a lot of stuff. And right. Ryan's very, very, <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he's witnessed to like my dad being in a little bit of shock and awe lately. Yeah. Being yeah. in proximity oh, a lot really? of my like, Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was like, weird. who is she? Yeah, like exactly. But I think I've always been. I, I'm I'm like Loranda. I've always been honest and open with people around me of like who I am because I have a lot of friends who are outside the scene too, and they'd be like, oh yeah, I would love to come to the show, and I'm like, no. Yeah, and they'd yeah, be like, yeah, "Why yeah. not?" And I'm yeah. just like, "No," because like shows are different for me, and it's not it's not always like it's fun but it, <laughs> i'm not just there for the show like you know having to explain my lifestyle you're checking in There's yeah like, yeah i'm checking ta- in ta- i have things to do come about back then i'm talking about now now i mean i have really? friends who want to come out to shows sometimes and mm-hmm. i'm just like yeah you can roll up there dude but i'm just like i'm not gonna be babysitting you like yeah. i'm very clear about like you know you can roll up there if you want to but like i'm not your babysitter you yeah. know you gotta you gotta you gotta rotate the way you want to you mm-hmm. know these places aren't you know like your speed you know Unless we're going to like White Oak or something like that, I mean, mm. I'm, I'm, it's I'll safe. walk away from you in a second. It's safer, a beer. you might safer. not see me for another hour and a half. Yeah. So it's you know, safer you now for shows now. It's like, it's well, not, yeah, it's not as. It's not as uh, dangerous. It's not as dangerous as it. Well, used the thing to be. is also is that I'm a little bit of a grown ass person who's been in a lot of lot of like nine lives, cut mm-hmm. off kind of situations at this point. So my scariness of walking around my city is not as much as it used to be when I first started it- hanging out. It really isn't. I mean, like other people will say, your mantras got bad and all these other places got bad. I mean, I, I walk around. I mean, right. I'm aware of everything around me because I've always had to be aware of things around right. me. And people don't realize that is that, like I'll walk into shows, I'll see certain people, I'll see certain things that other people don't see. I'll see actions that are people, other people are doing and stuff like that. And I'll keep my eye on people. And then I'll keep my eye on people watching me too. Yeah. You know, because there's always going to be those people who know me and I don't know who they are. Mm. And um, that's another reason why I don't go to Dallas that much because of the mm. stuff that's happened in the past and 100%. stuff. And I'm always careful about and that every Dallas city. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm always really, really careful yeah. about like what what I do in other people's cities, right. what I do in my city, that kind of thing. Because there's a lot of people who don't know me mm-hmm. um, that go out to shows now, you know, and they don't know who I am. So, you know, that was another thing with like Bouncing Souls is like people didn't know who I was. Yeah. You know, these dudes are just thinking that I'm some black chick hanging out with this white girl, you know, going to Bouncing Souls show. Like they just wanted to make me uncomfortable, but they don't realize that like. <laughs> but that, that kind of goes back to what you were talking about, how like things are like a lot different now and it isn't how it should be anymore. Cause like. Right. I, it was my understanding and the way that, that I was raised is you go check in with people, you know, who's who at the show, especially if you go to out of town shows, right? right? right. Yeah. Who, who you need to, to check in with and, and say hi and introduce and all this other stuff. And then you're well aware of the people that are like, okay, is that person from out of state, out of town, right. or is this some random person from the suburbs that we need to be 
checking well, I mean, in on like you know? a, yeah just like yeah. a year ago i went to atlanta because most of my family lives in atlanta and i wanted to go out to a show while i was there because the weekend there was happening there i couldn't get a hold of like when because that's somebody who i trust there to figure out what was going on so i didn't go out yeah i mean most people be like fuck it i'm gonna just roll out to the show but you know in in my purview it's like a number one out I, I mean i know atlanta i know how to get around it and stuff because my family lives there but it's just like i didn't know what was going on in their scene i, yeah. I you know some other stuff was had gone on you know just before that that made me be like hey you know maybe i shouldn't just be stepping out and not knowing who's gonna be around and stuff or like what's going on but that's the old school to me that that is just like i don't act a fool in other people's cities like i try not to start shit at other people's stuff either like i would or get involved in their beefs yeah, or whatever yeah. unless like, i'm specifically asked like hey can you back me up in my city then yeah. i want to stay the fuck out of it like 100%. you know that's the respect because back back in the day whenever i first started going to shows there was houston versus austin there was a lot of mm-hmm. turmoil and jim bradford that <laughs> yeah yeah but and but then there was there was stuff with san antonio and then you start learning like okay cool so if i go to that city you know even if it's with family or whatever i need to be well aware of like who i'm yeah. running into you right. need to keep your head right. on a swivel the crazy right. the craziest thing I, I ran into was in san antonio and um i went to nbc you know and i'm like i'm pissed off a because I had to take off work early to get there. <laughs> B, I get there and the show's over. It's like ten o'clock. She was like, never. Rich. Who shows at a show? Who ends the show at ten o'clock? How many times have you showed up to a show and the show was over? Uh, recently, a bunch. Because <laughs> 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 start taking days because, off. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because and that's because like yeah. I'm so used to like back in the day. 2 shows, yeah, yeah, shows run like till two. Yeah, I mean, we didn't order. start shows in back you know? in the day until like eight thirty because like, it always nine, gave people nine, time. Well, yeah. and then yeah. there would be like o'clock. warehouse shows too. Yeah, like, that would yeah. be you know, yeah, that'd be well until late. like one thirty before you'd yeah. be like closing yeah. down the joint. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And that's what I'm used to. Not getting yeah. a show at ten o'clock. We'd be trying to get to the hizzy by one. Right. The house. We, the house. Yeah. Oh, 100%. We want to go to the house. You, you call it, <laughs> not you call it a one. hizzy? hizzy. I never you're in bed before. by one. You're like, yeah, you're right. already yeah. like, you know, I had my shower. All that I have put my hair yep. in it's a little wrap, and I'm going to be me. What? I just didn't, I, you know, I just, you know. Yeah, but it surprises this, but, me. But the kid, this, this guy came up to me, and he was like, and I was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt. And then I. This was recently? Since San Antonio. This was probably like three, four years ago. And, um. Cause I don't remember my being. Get, I don't remember last time I was working in San Antonio. Maybe that's four years ago. Yeah. And the guy, guy, guy comes up to me. He's like, "Yo, what's up?" I'm like, "What's up with you? You know, who are you? <laughs> you know?" And he goes, uh, "I'm such and such. I represent the, the San Antonio Boot Boys." I'm like, "All right, uh, okay, cool, whatever." And, I know um, he's all like, he's "Okay." Like, and then he goes, "But your shirt." And I'm like, "Yeah, what about it? You know." And then the guy tossed him on the shoulder, and the guy says, no, no, go back over there, go back over there. And the guy says, hey, man, I'm sorry about my friend. He just got out of prison, but um, your shirt. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, what about it? Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we represent the boot boy skinheads, and we're all like, one unit, we you know, black, white, everybody, we're all together, man. You gotta understand well, that's that. that's the whole skinhead and, and, and I kept going, I kept going like, <laughs> All right. What the, well, now I'm kind of thinking like, okay, I'm gonna take on all these guys. That's yeah. what I'm, you know. And then the, um, 
one of the guys from Houston, Houston rolls up and goes, yo, that's Rad Rich, the old school Houston skinhead. Yeah. And all of them like, went, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like Mufasa. And, and, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and he was like, Rich, what's going on, man? You know, what's going, what's going on in Houston? Where's, you know, where's Deidre? Where's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, asking about, he's asking about all these people. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's good. I say, man, what's up with your friends? They're fucking a bunch of dicks. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, they just don't understand. They're cool. They're cool. They're cool. I'm like, no, man, those things are dicks. Fuck yeah, those guys, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. And um, um, I was just like, yeah, I was just, in the Twilight Zone with this. Yeah. I was like, man, it's, you know? it's always a Twilight Zone for Houston people to go to even Austin, Dallas, or San. Well, I wouldn't say Dallas because we really just started going back to Dallas. Um, in a, yeah. I don't really go to Dallas, but anyway, we you won't go there. A little you know? bit. Well, yeah, because it's <laughs> like, my eyes twitching right now. My eyes twitching. I understand what you're saying. Like, like we kind of started going back, but not really. Not, yeah. not. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, you know, like I skis got there for a minute, but yeah, it's it's, it's not a place that I. That, I feel very comfortable. Yeah. No. And even just recently, in the last couple of years, where what about, I've made what about like, Corpus? Oh, I'm definitely no. going back to Corpus. So Are if you? anybody hears that, I will be in Corpus. Whenever I come into Corpus, but be on the DLs. But you know, anyway, that person's out of state. That person is no longer in Texas. That's all right. I'm still coming. Tennessee. But yeah. actually, oh, I do oh, like really? to. I yeah, know I, that. I, I do actually like I to go down who, to Corpus quite know, a bit. So I don't, I don't even you know who there that was. night. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we were all because. Yeah. But and what what got me was um, the dudes did that old school like. Um, like he he hit my girlfriend, right? And, it, and that's like that's what he tried to use that deal as 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 far as he, I didn't even, he blindsided yeah. that one guy and knocked him out. Yeah, because that little hobbit jumped on my back. That little bitch jumped on my back, dude. It was Who? just like the, his girlfriend. I told because yeah. I gave her a warning. Like I went up to her and I was just like because I had talked to him and I was just like, hey man, you need to calm down. Like you know it's all good. I know you're a little bit drunk. I know you're a little tipsy, but I was just like you're getting a little too aggressive in the um in the pit, dude. I was just like you know it's real. I mean, like we all, and this we're all your city. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Well, like, it was our show too. First and yeah. foremost, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. our show yeah. too. So, in, in you know, what, got was, me, what got me was nobody stood up. Nobody stood up to those cats at first. You know. Well, yeah, nobody like, did tell him anything because, except for Jenkins. The Jenkins brothers were like, "All right, let's fucking go." Yeah, know? but, the, and, but um, yeah, they're they're always down for. I know that. Now. I know that. Yeah. You know. But when they got kicked out, it's like, all right, who else is stepping up to these guys? And when they hit you. Yeah, it was like okay. Now everybody's gonna be like, oh no, that's gonna that's not gonna yeah. fly. Yeah. You know, but, the, you they know, but that's the they whole respect put him, part. They should have put him in that guy in place immediately when he touched anybody from here. That's, what, that's, that's what got me. But that's the whole thing is like that. That goes back to the whole thing of like respecting people's people's cities, respecting people's shows, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. And and to me, I, I I have definitely been told that I'm a little bit too old school and I have not progressed up. But I still think that we've gone so far in the other direction at this point, um, where it's just like I told you, there's four different type of skinheads that I believe in that are around here. It's the it's the weekend warriors, the ones that just come around, you know, just for the shows and stuff, and that's cool. That's all right. We want you to spend the money. We want you to have a um, good time. Come out when you can, that kind of thing. Then you have the just people who want to sit up there. They're, they're down for the weekend warrior, too. But these people like to talk some shit. 
mm-hmm. they like to stir the pot. They really don't have anything invested, but they just want to stir the pot a little bit. They always well, they're gonna be, poke the pear, get into some shit, right. and then go right. back, and then and then go back to, then then go back to yeah. wherever, yeah. and then disappear, yeah. and then come out, you know, months go later back, for another show, right? Not deal with the repercussions, right? And then you have another, and then you have the other groups, the other two groups are the people who actually, you know, help run and support the scene. You got people who have, you know, their boundaries of how much and how far they're gonna go, but they're there to help put on shows, fun things, right. you know, to always come out to the shows, always be involved with the community, you know, letting bands stay at their house, that kind of stuff. And then you got the ride and dies. You got the, hey, I'm down for anything. Um, I'm here to support. I'm here to even like, you know, throw down some discipline if needs to happen or, you know, or step in when something happens. And, you know, and the thing is, is that we're to the point where the lower two are the ones who are running the show right, right. now. And the other, in yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. higher two who are supporting and still keeping this, this scene alive and keeping our culture alive, those people are now being demonized as like, you know, well, y'all are old school it's either an old school thing or y'all are too lefty or y'all are sharps or yeah. this and that so it's just like this whole this whole um you know gaslighting of us and i feel like it's gaslighting because really a lot of these traditional quote-unquote skins including the ones that have these real conservative and really crazy like you know conversational things and like to get online and um and you know troll people and stuff like that and everything and sometimes even come to people's city and start shit and it's those people who it's like i really real specific now well, you know, <laughs> you know, I can definitely throw out some names because you know I ain't afraid. But, um, but you know, my whole thing is just like when you have people who don't really have a vested interest other than to cause trouble and to stir the pot. But part of that also is dismantling our scene. Oh and, yeah, in the Houston scene, and a lot of people. I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this, dude. I already know it, but you know, there was a couple of people who came into the scene back in the day that really destroyed the Houston scene, the Houston skinhead scene. I wouldn't say destroyed, but definitely had a strong hand in sowing a lot of division between the, um, I mean, like, we're pretty much a non-crew city. Everybody fucking knows that and stuff like that. And, you know, we're just Which like a... Which is a good thing, because that San Antonio stuff was just stupid. Well, I mean, yeah, just anywhere. I mean, yeah. all this stuff, because when you... I, I firmly believe that there's always going to be a hierarchy of people who need to somewhat... Um, I wouldn't say control, but definitely handle things that are going on in the mm. city. And there's always going to be those people because there's always going to be people who are more involved than other people. And that's fine. And, and, to, and to deal with people and trying to find out, just like at the show when I was going up and talking to people, I was like, somebody needs to go and talk to their boy. You know, and everybody's just like, whoa, whoa, that's not my boy. You know, like, well, I know who he right, is, right, but it's not my right. boy. And that's the kind of thing that happens at shows constantly, even here in Houston and other places. Like, well, whose boy is it? Because, like, if somebody doesn't do something about it, then I'm going to do something about it. And then y'all all going to be mad at me. Yeah. You know, and because I don't mind telling anybody anything and I don't mind putting my paws on nobody either. Pause. You know, so <laughs> so that I mean, you know, so that that's that's where I come in is that it's just like, you know, if if you're not going to to it, it this this whole scene in the way that it is and how and how people are really conducting themselves at this point it's just like it's it's more of a it's more of a show you know and it's not more of like actually understanding and knowing the values in which the you we have in the skinhead scene because whatever values that we have in the skinhead scene is it supposed to show up in your work 
outside oh, of that. Yeah. You know, because that's the whole point is right. that we're supposed right. to be working well, class are you, people. Are you saying it just, you just per- portraying it just as a skinhead scene or just a punk and skinhead scene in general? No, I, I'm I talking put, about I the put, skinhead scene I, in a, in I, I a put, very... I put it all together. I do man. put it all together, but I don't I don't expect a punk rocker who has, you know, go 401k hanging out at um, and working for Starbucks and who's a manager who plays in a couple of bands <laughs> on the same level as, you know, a guy who may own his business who's a skinhead, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're equally working hard, but the politics and, and the level in which they want to live their certain lives is a little bit different. You know, punk, rocks and, punk rockers are going to live their life a little bit differently. A little freer. Than, than, <laughs> a little freer, a little freer. than skinheads are. And yeah. I mean, let's just put it out there. I mean, you know, like skinheads, uh, there's a certain expectation of, um, of, you know, or it's, it's supposed to be a certain expectation. Let me put that out there. It's supposed to be a certain expectation of of how we work and how we conduct ourselves outside of the scene, not only inside the scene. And I don't think that we necessarily, I don't look to the punk, punk rock kids or to golf kids and skater kids to act that same way. But I do expect not to see somebody's ass out or boobs out or or craziness or whatever some of the people get away with mm. being skinhead women or men with bad actions and trolling people and doing all this other stuff and just I mean acting sloppy yeah, yeah just acting yeah. sloppy well, and like putting well, your personal people, business out there people like people anyway. are people talking yeah. about flying down to other cities or flying up to other cities you know um, starting like you know um, state wars back and forth because oh, somebody's bro. fucking somebody's girlfriend and this and that and all this and it's just like dude Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, I mean, we used to have to stick a stamp on a fucking letter to find out where the next show was. Mm -hmm. And y'all have all of this freedom of information that we could be organizing, doing stuff and really being productive and growing the scene and and making it right. But y'all choose to, like, go around. It's not a y'all thing. We already talked about this. Yeah. Stop doing that because that's not... We, we have to we, we have to own that collectively. We, but, I mean, yeah, but, we, well, we well, do, well, but we that do. but that goes back to what I was saying earlier where it's like like gatekeeping has been this term that's been like bad and frowned upon. Right. And that's all good and well, but whenever it comes to skinhead It's necessary. It's absolutely it's necessary. necessary. It was supposed to be necessary, you know? Not only that, but we were supposed to be the people that you came to at a show whenever there was something going on. Right. You're like, Okay, we'll go talk to the skins and say see. It? Yeah. We're protectors of the scene. Yeah. Right. Like we so, are protectors of this uh, of the subculture. I mean, you know, but, and now and that's another thing. It's just like how can you be protectors of the subculture when you got people who are demonizing like the gay community? I mean, that's yeah, a part yeah, of yeah, our right, subculture. Right, right. You know, so when people well, get on there, we're not there supposed and start, to be destroying yeah. it. We're supposed to be protecting right, it. Right. Yeah. So right. when you get these like like real people who are trolling us online and talking about well I don't agree with this and I don't agree with, then why are you in subculture like 100%. you can come out you can come out to a hardcore show you can come out and listen to our music like we don't mind your politics I don't care about your politics what I do care about is you you putting on boots and braces and saying that you're my sister and my brother and that you're a part of a subculture but yet you turn around and you demonize people within it that support these people or, or people who support me i mean people don't realize i'm a black woman who's a skinhead in this world and i have a black son yeah. you know and so black it, whoa okay can I, can I, can yeah I, can I, and so can, can i say something real quick 
because he said he's half black, but in America, even being half black, he's you're black. black. Yeah. Because yeah. you're you don't get treated as being half black. You get treated as being And he's black, aware and he's aware of that and, and on his birth certificate it says black. You're about on racial, his driver's you're, license it will say black. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there is no option for mulatto or mixed or anything right. else. I mean, right. you know, you either black, white, Hispanic, mm-hmm. and uh, what is it, Asian Pacific? I don't know, yeah. whatever. They, I mean, you know, but, yeah. but the Pacific bottom line yeah. is is that if you brown and I don't care what kind of brown if you a shade of brown and even this fool over here with all these tattoos you know like you might as well be colored too because when you get pulled over you getting treated just like a Nigerian too you know <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like you gonna get you gonna get treated just like we are because because most people are gonna see you as a class difference they don't know that you oh, are a, that you're a business owner yeah. they don't know that you have a family at home but they're gonna treat you like trash because they think that the way that you have that changed because um now that now that tattooing now is like main, really extremely mainstream no because um, my ass took it to extremes well, <laughs> so I, I, like, I understand that he's got but, it all over his head <laughs> well, I understand that but it's got Job it's it's, it's, it's it, it was looked at as a subculture getting ta- right. having tattoos yeah. but right. now you see like you know, lawyers and politicians or whatever getting full sleeves and stuff. Yeah. So is it really, is it, are you really treated as somebody different now? At, at the or, corporate level, probably um, not, I would assume. Or are you treated, are you, are you treated the same? I mean, mm-hmm. am I asking that question right? Well, yeah, you are, but that's why I said it. Like, I mean, I work in corporate America. I've been right. in corporate America for all of my entire career, and mm-hmm. I have to. I, I went to work like this. Right, right, right. <laughs> like this. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah. And yeah, not having to hide the piercing. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Like, and, but I do though. Mm. You have to hide it. You do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I have industry. to. I, I'm not allowed to. That's the reason but why I don't what do you work. What do you do? I'm in an apartment. Um, property management so oh, oh. so like you pay your rent on time so do on the first the fuckers anyway um but yes yeah. um but yeah i mean you know i'm not allowed to um i'm not even allowed to leave the building with some companies with my um with my jacket off if i don't have long enough sleeves to cover up my tattoos really yeah wow. i'm not allowed to do that i can that's and, wild and i can go just like this i mean and, and everybody knows and i wear a lot of jewelry right. and i'm not allowed to wear the majority of my jewelry and yeah. i refuse not to take it off because i've been in the industry a really long I time think, so i just refuse to take it off but I, they even have a problem with my natural hair so i mean you know but there's but there's always there's always going to be that you know so but 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 i think that cops or people um if they're wanting to target you for something right they're going to look at somebody like ryan or mm. somebody who's heavily tattooed like I, mike you know mm. if they if they want to target you for right. something that's going to be more of a draw to them to be like you're not you're not mm. one of me, you 100%. know. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, mm. like I, I may have tattoos, that, but I don't, don't look think that's, like that. You don't think that's changed now because of no. the subculture that's in no. Root, the subculture that's in within law enforcement now. No. Especially in Houston and Austin. That, no, because that have when, tattoos. And no, stuff. because mm. when you're when you're a cop, you're a cop. Yeah. And that's when it comes down no, to. No, but I get what you're saying, uh, yeah. and, and I will. I'll side note and say. Austin, yeah, because you have APD that are members of the Proud Boys that are like rocking sleeves and stuff like that. Oh, that, are, that. that are yeah, mm, yeah, straight up. White power yeah. is in law enforcement. If you well, didn't know people, yeah. so go back on that. Y'all were talking about some stuff like from the old, like the the eighties, like like how we were talking about how the the situation that we have now probably couldn't have existed then because of the lack of technology. Mm. 
And like, so I am from the West Coast, and I will tell you that they have had people that are active members in different white power organizations within their government since I was a child. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, that kind of movement and that kind of funding and that ability to grow mm-hmm. that thought process right. has been going on for literally all of our lives. Yeah. Like, yeah. everywhere. And you saw Metzger on Donahue like, when, we yeah, were, when we were yeah. a kid. And yeah. Metzger always had his son who ended up like shaving his head and, mm-hmm. and he would talk about like, all these other underlings that they would pay yeah. to go to these different cities. But I yeah, think, I, but I think that when you're not the target, when you're not the target of, of hate, when you're not the target of this, when you are a white youth going to a rock show that you feel that's your environment, mm. and it's a lot different for a black person to walk in the show and be one of maybe five right. or one of one, like I've been very many times at a show, and walk into there, it's just like, that's a lot different because like, there is people out there who hurt people just like Dan and Spit. I mean, yeah. Spit was mm-hmm. in back in Las Vegas. I mean, I was I was his um, fiance's best friend living here in Houston. He was back in Vegas trying to get custody of his son. I mean, you know, there's a real threat and there has been threats. Mm-hmm. I mean, for two years after that, a lot of people will tell you and a lot of people who know me mm-hmm. knew that I backed off for about two years after that because the uh, FBI was just like basically like, hey, your information, her information, Y'all's pictures are all over white power um, websites. Mm. And everybody in Dallas knows who in the hell I am already or other places that, Dallas. you know, have um, that have strongholds, you know, in in those um, in those white supremacy or white nationalists. You know, you know, but real, real quick, for those that don't know, can y'all talk about the Dan and Spit story in uh, Vegas? Um, yeah, I mean, I, the 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 smaller the smaller short of it is that Dan. Um, Dan and Spit were best friends. Um, Spit actually did probably on and off a year here because he's moving here to marry uh, Renee, um, marry my best friend. And so um, he went back to Vegas to get custody of his son. He was working as a chef and also piercing at a tattoo shop. Um, basically what happened was some skinhead girls who were renowned for being, once again, fence walkers. Um, but they're basically like little oi tours, um, you know, girls who got around, um, told them about a barbecue that was out in the middle of I don't know where. I don't know what they were thinking about going out there, but maybe it was something that was familiar with them at the time. Yeah, but um, also whenever you get females involved, like we don't think. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't. I mean, you know, <laughs> and I mean, and Spit wasn't a bad looking guy. I mean, he's like, you know, six foot big black dude. I yeah. mean, like, and you know, Dan wasn't a bad looking dude either. I mean, you know, so I mean, the girls lured them out, and as they were driving out um, a whole group of guys um, basically ran them off the road um, from what from from what um, from what I know Dan was Dan was shot and killed immediately almost mm. um, during altercation mm-hmm. but what happened was um, spit was actually taken back to his home and all of his piercings were um, ripped out and he was mm-hmm. tortured for a little bit over a day and then they brought him out around the same spot that they killed um, Dan and they shot him in the back they made him run and then they shot him several times uh, one guy is still on the run i think that they finally found one of the other guys the other girls they've always been caught from from jump one of the dudes has been in prison for quite some time there's a documentary about it yeah if anybody wants and to really know all the details yeah but. there's a documentary about it and the guy that's in prison it's very interesting because his father is trying 
to get him out of prison. Yeah. Well, I mean, they hit him like, for years, though. I mean, the two guys who propagated most of it. I can't remember him. Like yeah. Um, the two guys who propagated it in the first place and, um, and, and did it, one of them is still at large. Mm-hmm. And his, his dad, both of, both of the boys have, um, their parents have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so they were both shipped out of, um, out of the country really quick after the incident <laughs> happened. And including when it, it went on to the news, like locally yeah. and stuff. They got him out of the country. They found the other one. I forgot all the details of it and even if i did have the details i probably wouldn't um talk about it but um but when they found the one that's in jail um it was just kind of matter of fact that they kind of found him it's not like they were looking for these fools they didn't care right i mean you know they didn't care that you know spin dan lost their lives because the a number one they didn't understand the subculture in the first place it it's just i I think it's important to keep telling that story that the anniversary was just like Couple yeah. weeks ago, or something like that. Also, so. also, uh, you know, that's a, that's one story to tell. Also, the story about that kid in Lubbock. Yeah. Oh, uh, Brian. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. The, I just saw the I just saw the movie about it. Yeah, I Brian didn't. Didn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. got beat up by the rednecks. So it didn't like. And yeah, yeah but happened, I mean, you know, things you know? like this have been going on for years. Yeah. I mean, and people don't realize that. You know, black skinheads that hang out city to city, these are still issues that we have to worry about because when you allow that kind of element to hang out, um, or even just the people who you may not know that that's how they feel, you know, we go to shows and we're enjoying ourselves just like everybody else, but we always have to have the sense and know that there's going to be people within the scene that are don't want us to be there. We had a, we had a, uh, I never forget, it was crazy because, uh, um, that's when Speedy was living here. I guess you worked. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. I guess you worked with Speedy right, yeah. at that, that place. And, I mean, uh, I was on there for a couple of months, but thank they you. were. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, and the uh, uh, Ghost Hit Soup was open. No, not Ghost Hit Soup. What was on Deep Fat? Deep Fat. Deep and, Fat. Um, um, that night, this guy uh, and I'm trying to remember his name he came in there, and I knew the kid because I told him, told him to get a haircut. Get a haircut, hippie. And he came back. He was all skinhead. <laughs> And but he was insane because he got he ended up going to prison, and I never forget getting a, a, a letter from him in the mail. I got a new tattoo. Oh, it says it was like anarchy and a dead Kennedy. But uh, then I saw him that night over at Deep Fat. He came in there with um, um, a couple of other guys that I knew, and me and Fiesta were like, "Oh shit! Oh snap! These dudes." They were armed to a T, and they were looking for violence. Yeah. And, and Speedy was like, Speedy got all the skinheads together. Yeah, man, we need to beat these guys up. And Fiesta like said, yo, man, you need to just let it go. Because these guys are like, because when I saw him, he wasn't, a, he wasn't the same kid that I knew when he was a, when I first right. met him. He's bulked up and right. tattooed and white Aryan this. And uh, the deuce he was hanging with, I'm not saying her name, mm. um, they were all into that stuff too, whole white power and all that stuff. And sometimes you just gotta let it go because those guys were looking. They had shotguns in the car, and they were looking to shoot up the place at the time. And they left, and the cops came and got them and, and pulled them over right. and got all these guns and stuff. They were on the myth. Like, yeah, they were crazy. I mean, that guy, that for, for a really long time in Houston, like if, um, I mean, because we, a lot of people don't realize that we had to run out a lot of this element out of our clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for a few years there, it was just basically like, we just had to kind of run people out. And well, cause, like you were, you were talking about mantras back in the day with, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, 
cops and other people beating up homeless people. There was just homeless people. They're beating up gay people. I mean, yeah. it was anybody, well, for, anybody. club kids, us, but, yeah. but us what harassing I, us. What I what I was getting at with that is like whenever I first started coming around, it was those fools from Richmond Rosenberg, right? Yep. That were that would come down here on a right. Saturday night, oh, yeah. get drunk, beat up homeless people, then mm-hmm. go to the show and start Zig Highland, and those were the dudes that we had to right. deal with. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you and know, even, and even I'm sorry, and even then, it's it's kind of it's kind of messed up because like all those dudes are driving in from the Woodlands and um, Rosenberg and all, they come to they come to see the freak show. They were like, exactly. Let me see, let me see the freaks and the Montrose. Yeah. Right. And now they all they all bought all that stuff. They all live in that area now. This, that's what's so insane well, yeah. well, no. and I mean and, you know and back then I just you know back then actually clubs were run by a lot of these you know um, seeing guys who were maybe not openly you know they weren't like maybe boneheads yeah they weren't maybe Nazis but they definitely had they had control over who came and who went and 100%. who played and stuff like that and so eventually at some point you know Fitzgerald's you know befriended you know the skinhead scene the punk scene stuff well, like that that's and, after the sharp stuff came around I don't think that was during like the Nazi stuff because Sarah dealt with a lot of BS and she fought those guys along with her along with her staff and stuff and she well, did, well along she with did, us I mean yeah, like we had yeah. to keep them out of there yeah. I mean like because they kept on coming back and, and mm. the thing was is that at some certain point mm. we were just like downtown is ours yeah. you can mm. have the north side of Houston you can be wherever the fuck you want to be but the Montrose area mm-hmm. this is ours mm-hmm. like you can't come to the bars you can't come to shows you can't <laughs> do this you can't do that and for many years I'll get a call like one o'clock or get a page or something mm. be like hey they're over at Richmond Arms yeah. like or like bartenders would know yeah, like our yeah. friends would know and I would get a call like two o'clock in the morning I may be working over at numbers mm-hmm. and so I get off at numbers you worked at numbers yeah really I didn't yeah. know that <laughs> yeah so I would get off at numbers and I and I would get like a call on my cell phone and be like yeah we got some like sketchy ass like skinhead dudes that I've never seen before I know they're not our people you know why don't you roll up here and I'd be mm-hmm. like cool you know, and I'll call a couple of other people and be like, hey, we were about to roll home, but we'll we'll bust you and come on back. Mm. We'll walk in there, and as soon as they see us, they pay the tab, get up, get out. Because yep. they knew they weren't supposed to be there. Mm. And, you know, and then, and then you had all these other, um, then you have all these other fence walkers or all these other north side, like, you know, Nazi north skins side, and boneheads <laughs> who befriend, you know, a lot of us. And then they get to come to the shows and stuff like that and hang now, out. Yeah, now I get like, to walk around. And yeah, do, now yeah. I get to walk around. Now I get to come out to the shows. Now I get to participate. And, of course, I'm an asshole for saying that they can't be there, you yeah. know, or somebody else is an asshole for not wanting them there. But but, but somebody yeah. needs to protect it and defend it because with those phone calls that you're talking about, like, they're happening right now, but it's, it's with those black and yellows this with proud boys finding but the out thing is at. is that that should have been happening from get because it's like as soon as people would have known and i and i really kind of do and i and i know this is not this is another kind of controversial con you know you know conversation bring to have. it bring it but my whole thing is like these groups like proud boys and all these little you know little local yeah, you know branches off of patriot these, front like, yeah. and, then, uh, and all these the, it would it, Ray if we were Nazis. if we weren't so busy worrying about who going to what show doing this who fucking this chick and all this other stuff and and you know and you worried about politics and stuff that the whole point is is that these people don't belong you know in our culture 
in subculture period like you can't be for subculture and enjoy subculture when you don't like gay people when no, you yeah, don't yeah. like when you when well, you look, don't look, like what makes look everything look who's great that, about though. subculture and that's li- that's stop coming into my scene and like you know pumpkin spicing it yeah you know and bringing your karens and shit to my yeah. show you know and they get mad when your karen get popped in the face yeah. and when your pumpkin shit gets thrown out the window and <laughs> you know what i'm saying like don't don't bring your basic ass shit into my scene you know it's like i don't want my scene to be basic my this is not this is not for basic motherfuckers but is you want to be basic and be racist and don't want to have drag queens and don't want to be friends with gay people and stuff like that there's a world for you it's called everything else yeah yeah. Yeah. you know (laughs) like you can still come to shows you don't have to be a skinhead and you don't have to hang around you don't have to drink beers you and your little friends can come and pay your 20 your 30 bucks come see the show hang out mind your own goddamn business yeah and you know and leave and go back to your suburbs and go back to your little apartment downtown or whatever and rock out to the music that we make in the culture that we propagate for you but you getting involved in deciding that you're gonna make these subgroups and like we're gonna be nationalists and stuff like that it's like it it's infuriating to me and it happened in the 70s and it's happening and it's been happening and stuff like that but it's like at some point we need to take back control of the narrative because now we're turning on each other that's the thing is is that we have all of these people who are infiltrating our um our culture right now our skinhead scene our um our subculture scene and these people are telling us that the people who built and support this scene the bands who support and build the scene that they shouldn't listen to those people anymore they you should listen to me because i'm gonna rewrite history you know i'm rewriting what a traditional skin is i'm rewriting what a skinhead is i'm rewriting who can be a part of this and it's just like bitch please what do you but Again, you mentioned the 70s, and you can go back to the 60s and beyond that. Well, I mean, you can you go gotta, back to B.C., before well, Christ. You, I mean, like, come you, on. You, but, you but also, but you look at who's funding that. It's always somebody funding that. And even with the Pride Boy stuff, you but look me, at, you look you at the, you and look, everybody else understands that, but it's the it's the but, majority but what, in our scene that doesn't understand I'm not, I'm that not, it's a but system. But I'm not, I'm not even talking about uh-huh. skinhead, punk rock, or whatever. Oh, I'm, okay. ta- I'm not even talking oh, about okay. that. But all the Proud Boy stuff, and um, that, that was Vice Magazine's uh, McKinnis. Yeah, yeah, Gavin McKinnis. Gavin McKinnis. He, he, who, he who, went to who, shows who, in New York. But. No, he was a Canadian kid, you know? He's yeah, but Toronto. he lived in New York yeah. for a while. Yeah. Went to well, shows at, yeah. they, moved, they moved Vice to New York because they were like, oh, well, we need to get more, we need to get the magazine out more. But we're their recruiting ground, though. That's yeah. the problem. But, is that well, we're that, but he knows the scene, and he understood like how to, mm-hmm. how to sell it, and that's mm-hmm. what he did. And um, and he got people to throw money at it, big money, and that's how that got as big as it is now. Because well, I mean, of you him. got you got lawyers, you, you got know. politicians, you got all these people but who they, but, but who are supporting party, these the groups. Tea Party was always supported by the Freedom the Freedom Network, who were a bunch of like corporate million billionaires for the most part, and they, you don't get to. People don't go into that and go talk about that. The billions of dollars that went into like funding these these groups, not just in Washington, but all over the country, mm-hmm. and it was those splinter groups. And they said, "Oh no, no, we're about you. We're 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 uh, 
we're 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 a local organization. Well, I mean, but it's just not. like how you get they're... young men to go into war. Also, I mean, you know, you make it about you you make it about the local. You make it about it's 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 you know mm. like. You're out here on the street by yourself because your family can't support you, but I can support you. Right. You know, I can bring you into my home. I can put clothes on you. That's what we used to do in the scene. Right. You know, you talk about Stacy. You talk about kids like that. You talk about all of us who grew up. All of us didn't grow up out in the suburbs like I did. Yeah, I didn't. You know, know, I had a lot of friends who lived out on the street or who lived in you know not very um, great um, situations. But I also made sure that they had money. You know, that they had a safe place to stay. That we all grouped together and we made sure that we looked out for each we other. Had we had backs. jobs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, Fiesta might employ everybody well, at some point. But that that goes back. <laughs> to the issue at hand you're talking about a larger thing which is yeah. is all true and i agree yeah. with but we okay so like we're we're getting clowned because we're showing up to these protests and a big reason we're showing up to these protests is because i there's three guys over there with swastika necklaces mm-hmm. that are yelling n-word and all this other stuff at this crowd over here that i'm standing with mm-hmm. then you got four guys that got ar-15s with black and yellow fred perry's on so mm-hmm. we're supposed to show up to that right we're, we're supposed to protect and, and be allies and, and, and defend and all that stuff. But, but we get clowned for showing up to that stuff. And no, that, because that's who, a who's, bigger... Who's clowning you? But, but, I don't understand that. I mean, who's clowning you for that? Come um, on, right. uh, I'm just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. No, no. I, yeah, uh, so people that want to politicize it mm-hmm. and and make it about like oh well they're just being lefty commie fat skins and so yeah you know and you got the sharp so, movement that yeah so that's what we were talking about before is so if we're talking about the evolution of our of our scene it's oh, evolution is fine it's okay for us to grow i mean we're we're supposed to right, right. Mm. but going back to what you're saying is like there is a base kind of root system that has to kind of stay in place and that's it 100%. we're supposed to show up we're supposed to support each other we're supposed to do all these things yeah. that's that's in our roots that's yeah. supposed to be a thing and these days it does not exist right mm. and if it does it's because us sitting at this table still do that shit for each other you know 100%. what i mean but it doesn't happen and so what you see is what Deidre was saying earlier is you have a bunch of like these younger people kind of coming in for the fashion show and the beer and the oys but they've kind of you know the girl with the booze the sex or, you know some of y'all with the drugs you know, and you know, know, let's keep, keep it real but skinheads ain't else. supposed to be about that shit I was just gonna say I didn't know you worked at Numbers, and what? you did it. I didn't know I that. I have pictures of her in booty shorts and. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. Booty, booty but shorts if and you, socks. If you, if you look, <laughs> and um. Fourteen eye docks. If you looked at, you looked at front of the numbers. It was always this dark spot. I was in the and back. That's, no, that's, that's why, why you I'm didn't see about, my black ass because I was in the back. <laughs> I spray painted Numbers sucks. <laughs> Years ago, this is like in, I think it was like in eighty something. It might still be there. And um, no, it, it, it's a dark spot over it. Oh, they just put yeah, like black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, I always passed by there. I was like, yeah. Rudy's gonna get it. <laughs> and um, still got I was, him. I was still, still got it. And um, and it was me and the the, the, the guy said that came mm-hmm. to that show with the Nazi guy now. Uh, he was because I told him I was like, yeah, man, go ahead and spray paint too. And he. <laughs> He spray painted a swastika on somebody's truck, and he just went at it. He was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, yeah, this is fucking awesome!" And I never forget Brad that. Ar- Brad is like, "Hold on, know? that's not what I meant." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I've kind of felt kind of bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like, like uh, you, you going off the hizzy now? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be down 
you know, it was. Yeah, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not you know, with always, this guy. right? Because yeah, yeah. I always was like, I always despised the guys that the punks that hung out at numbers because they were just like. It's just posers. it was a you, you know, but I think posers. I think it's a safe space. It's a safe space that we grew up in as subculture kids yeah. because mm-hmm. it was safe for young women to go there because we looked out we looked out for them. Mm. You know, it was a safe space for if you were young. And you didn't know where to go in subculture. That was a good way to. And you wanted a beer for twenty five cents. Hell yeah! <laughs> nickel no. beer night, y'all. Yeah. Nickel beer you night. Nickel- if you, yeah. we had nickel beer night, wow. and Brad didn't know about it because he, he he drank did. chocolate milk yeah. at the bar yeah. while everybody else but you was know drinking watered down keg beer. Can I, from can the I say week. something about that too? Because I never, you know, that's one thing I hated about even the, the punk scene and even yeah. the skinhead scene. They got really deep off into the drugs also yeah, um, yeah because yeah, yeah. you know because I, I saw these people just 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 getting into bad but that goes that goes back I, to i never wanted to be into that because i always had to worry about okay a how am i gonna get home b who am i riding with and is it safe no and, and see and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know but, but you know i that's just stuff i had to deal with Right. Like you know, because I never had, like I said, I never had a car. I didn't have, the, I didn't have the buddies that, that stayed in the neighborhood. Nobody, none of my, no buddies I had stayed in Third Ward. You know, so I had to deal with that going home. And um, but I would see, so I always didn't do drugs and stuff because of seeing all this, and I couldn't just be. I had to be aware of what's going yeah, on. That, that. But, but years <laughs> later, I seen people, and I'm not saying any names. It was people that was part of the scene, like deep names. in the scene, <laughs> and um, they got all these kids hooked on drugs. Yeah. And not just, and not just, and, and, and not just like marijuana. They got hooked. They got these kids hooked on like speed and, and well, I mean, all these but that goes stuff. back and that's, to, that's not just here. I've seen right, that like, like all everywhere. across. Yeah. yeah, in New York especially. But it's going but back to that. Houston. It's going back to that whole thing of like you always have to have people who are somewhat responsible for other people in a certain kind of way because it's like part of the skinhead <laughs> culture is not to do drugs. It's yeah. not participate in that. It's to be hardworking, working class, do your music, do your hanging out and stuff. But yeah. it's a clean lifestyle, and it and naively early in my days. A lot of that was hidden from me until I went to um, a party one time and then saw a lot of my sisters and brothers doing some some stuff that I didn't know that they were into. And, I, and then as soon as I walk in the door, they all start shuffling and like trying to hide stuff. That was a part yeah. of the scene too in the 80s and 90s was like that whole like drug subculture. And I'm not just talking about marijuana. No, which I, sure, I mean, I mean I, um, if people are smoking dope, I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I don't smoke yeah, it, but, like, but, thing, but it was a big harsh. thing. But I didn't, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I was, I was an athlete, so I didn't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, but I saw like how people but, were just getting like really, really. Well, when you have when you have people who are stuff. not checking each other, and that, a lot of that happens not in um, in a lot of a lot of subculture period, but definitely in the skinhead scene, it should be checked. People should be checking each other, and the thing is, is that the lifestyle that you know we're supposed to be living and that we're supposed to be you know um, modeling ourselves after is not only inside our scenes and inside on the weekends, but out, that that goes outside also. And it was a little bit surprising to me because it took quite a few years for me to realize that you know some people were into some stuff that I didn't know they were mm. into and they purposely kept it away from me because they knew how 
they they knew how hardcore I was about certain things. Mm. You know, like you know, I'm not gonna deal with racist ass motherfuckers, all that kind of other stuff. But mm. drugs is a big thing for me, and it was just like you know, if you smoked a little bit of pot, they ain't they ain't nothing to me. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean. I grew up around that. Everybody grew up around that. But, I mean, you I know, didn't. hard drugs. <laughs> I mean, you know, but hard drugs is not something that, uh, I mean, you know, I think that everybody, I've had experimental days in my time, but once I became a skinhead, I knew that that just wasn't, in my head, that just wasn't an option to me. And I wanted to make sure that anybody who was around me, you know, I modeled that, you know. And there was there there was a couple of handfuls of us that are hardcore and still to this day very hardcore about that kind of stuff, you know. If we caught you with it, you know, we we would discipline you, you know. You'd be in, you'd be in some trouble, and it, and it did happen Y'all quite a bit. discipline people? Didn't yeah, we did. Oh, okay. We did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it. if I caught you if I caught you with it, yes, you would get a Deidre talking to you, and, and yeah, and I would have you on notice, man, because I, I mean, you know, because that's not, that's not how we, you extending your yourself into that realm and you wasting your time takes away from your dedication to your friends your dedication to the scene your dedication to your to work show to your family yeah, to everything really and then showing up in the world i mean but you know that, but that doesn't include alcohol well, I mean, you know, it, it, uh, alcohol is just the same way. You're not supposed to be abusing anything. Hey, we're not know? here to call out the hypocrisies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah leave my liquor alone, motherfucker. No, but no, but no. but just, so whenever I was no, alone, let me see this. I'll say this. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff happen because not not because they're on drugs, but because of alcohol. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Oh, no, 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 Alcohol yeah. was definitely something, I mean, you know, and that had a lot to do with it, too, the, your actions that you took when you were out, too. I mean, you know, you had to have some self-awareness, but that's about checking people. Yeah. And once again, having a gatekeeper and having a person there being like, hey, you need to calm down. You need to do this. You need to sober up. You need to do that. You know, you need to stop acting this way. People look at it now. It's like, why are you being a, why are you being a mommy? Why are you being all up in my business? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, dude, what you're doing is you're, you're part of me. You're representing yeah, that's me. Supposed and to be. I'm not going to sit up here and let you run around here acting crazy and stuff like that when people are calling you my brother or yep, my sister. Yeah, yeah. You sitting up here with your ass out. You're an extension yeah, of me. you're an right. extension right. of right. me. And that's how everybody should think of themselves as a skinhead. Like, what I'm doing is representing all my other sisters and brothers that are tied to me. Yeah. So if I'm sitting up here with my flapjack or something or, you know, have my ass out on the internet and doing all this other stuff, if I'm not if I'm not looking right in life, mm. that's being reflected onto the people who know you. Right. And that's what needs to be checked. And unfortunately these days, if I check somebody about what I see online, mm. what's being done, what's being said, all this other stuff, people get up, you know, and roar with me and that's the reason why I had to step away from social right. media because I wouldn't have no more friends because I'd be slapping the shit out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I told yeah, people no, straight I, to their face who wanted to get frisky with me when we got off the COVID shit. There was a couple of conversations in person in the people's face. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I've known you since you were 15 years old. I you ever get you sparky with me <laughs> online yeah. and disrespectful? Because, like, I'm not going to allow you to disrespect me online because I'm not going to let anybody else think that they can talk to me like that. Hell no. And so when I saw them in person, I let them know. Like, look, you ever mouth off or pop off on me, including on social media, where my family and my 
my friends are on there also mm. trying to ask me why in the hell this little cracker is, you know and that's how they talk they that's how they talk to me right that's how my family talks to me like you have some white dude like calling and you know and saying yeah. the stuff on your line and stuff like that that's how some of my family members you know look at it because they don't understand my lifestyle at all in the first place mm. so when they see somebody going back and forth with me in a disrespectful manner i only not only have to answer to now i have to now i have to go and talk to this person who i've known as a friend for a long time but now i got to turn around and explain to all my family who might have saw that um that whole line of discussion of like why i'm even hanging out with these fools like why even have these people in my life you know and people don't realize that them sitting up there trolling other people's stuff and everything it's harmful you know and it's disrespectful you know it's totally disrespectful do you remember how skinhead first became known in houston Okay, we might have to we might have to shelve that one for. Well, well, <laughs> no, 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 what do you call them? Shacks, shacks over there. It was mm-hmm. nice. It was not nice condos. It was all shacks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this one house, uh, Adam Guerrero. Oh, I shouldn't say his name. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Adam, right it was Adam, and um, um, uh, the skinhead dude that used to hitchhike all around the country, and he worked in the circus. I forgot the guy's name, but he was. But they busted the place. They came in and raided the place on a drug bus. They supposed drug bus. They were selling speed supposedly. And uh, so the cops come in there, and they were like, holy cow. They had a Slayer poster. <laughs> they had rat bones on the ground. And this is right after the Matamoras deal down in, down in Matamoras. Oh, with the state. Yeah, yeah. And so the media was just like, holy cow, we got a satanic drug bust in Houston. Yeah. And, they, and they were like, and so the, media, so the media was just jumping all over this. And they had like rat bones they made into like uh into like dogs and stuff like that yeah. and um but they had the one skinhead guy and he kept going they kept oh, what he said what's your name he said are you a skinhead and he was like yeah and um <laughs> and um and he was just like and, it, and they said and they said on the news suspected skinhead known for, <laughs> known, known for known for drug usage and they had Perry Webb, who's a local artist. Yeah. He had his, his artwork in the background that said, Eat Human Flesh. And the media was like, the media was like, like, and he had a sign in the back, a poster in the back that said, Eat Human Flesh. They were, in, they were very into sat- Satanists in Houston. And they had, and he asked um, Adam, who rest his soul, he passed, he passed recently. Um, they said, are you, a, are you a Satanist? And he's like, fuck off. <laughs> and um, he's like, you know, they, they, they had them all, they had them all lined up and they were just sitting there going like, this is such bullshit, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, um, yeah. That, that was, and that was the first time like the media here even acknowledged that there was something, a, a skinhead in Houston. Well, I mean, I thought it was funny. Like one time I got arrested for riding dirty. 
and right and early. yeah, I like yeah. had a, I had like a wine. I'm like, which time? Yeah, which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was see the one where I got caught, motherfuckers. Anyway, yeah. um, once again, about. I was over. Well, yeah, once again, I was over by Emos, Crackville, and they thought I was. I mean, I'm pretty. If, if everybody who knows me, I'm a pretty stout little woman. Uh-huh. So ain't no crack really going on over here. <laughs> Maybe the LBs would be off if I was like. <laughs> I love it how they would like stop me and be like, "Are you buying crack?" And I'm just like, "Does it look like?" I'm buying it. I got all my teeth, you know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to put any, you know, stereotypes out there or anything. But, but I am a little bit well, I, crack I had to, I had to give a guy. I, 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 I was at, I was hanging out, I think at Lola's, and this guy asked me for a ride, and I was like, okay, cool. And I go, and the guy drives me over there off West Gray. That's when they had like these shotgun houses. You hit a lick. And the guy turns around. The guy says, "I'll be right back." Oh, and go, Rich hit a and lick. And so he goes in. He goes inside. And he comes out, he starts going like one of those little uh, Reynolds wraps or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He, had, he, had, he had drugs in it. And I was like, whoa, shit. Just drive, just drive, just drive, just drive. And a, and a cop car came behind us. I'm like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had went to jail before because I, was, I needed a ride home. And the guys I was riding home with turned the van over, VW bug van, at the police station, <laughs> rolled the van over. <laughs> it stopped rolling at the stairs. Like, get out <laughs> at the stairs of the jail. My dumb ass thinking about, oh man, I gotta walk all the way home. <laughs> but the cops were like, nah, you're gonna. That's what yeah, I you don't out. even go to jail. That's what I said. Yeah, that's what I found out about a PI. I didn't know yeah, it. Oh, public yeah, intoxication. Yeah, yeah, I was like, but I don't drink. Yes, sure. <laughs> they had beer strewn all over the ground and right. all that stuff. It was like, but you this, like a keg stand. Yeah, but I drove. But that guy, mm-hmm. I was like, I gotta get rid of this guy, man. You know, and uh, he's just like, just drive, just drive. So I'm like, hey, can I just drop you off here? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I didn't know. I didn't. I said, I was like, you need to pick up a white Uber. Yeah. <laughs> And that's before Uber. And, um, Black that, Ubers that happened, do not accept happened, drug dealers. Well, that happened seat. once, but then second time that happened, um, and it happened twice. The guy I used to go to school with, I went, I, I this a stupid job. I worked for, uh, I tried to get a job at Clean Water Action, one of those like environmental deals, and they drive you out to the suburbs and tell you to go door to door. And raise yeah, money. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. That. I remember that whole scheme. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, man, this is bullshit. So I <laughs> left. Didn't have. I didn't have any money to get home. I walked over to my friend Egyptian Joe's house. His dad was like, "This fucking Jewish conspiracy." He gave me like two or three dollars to catch the bus home. <laughs> So, so yeah, what's the, what's the Jewish conspiracy thing? Because he thought you know everything's a Jewish conspiracy with oh, okay, him. You know he's yeah. he's, he's yeah, an Egyptian. Yeah. He's yeah, like yeah, it yeah, must be it. it must be the Jews. You know, <laughs> and um, so he drives me. <laughs> he dri- So um, I'm catching I'm catching the west So I catch the bus. I'm catching the bus home, and this guy Jay Brad I went to school with, and um, he's like, hey man, I'll give you some money if you just uh, drive me around. And I'm like. Gas money? Sure, you know. So I'm driving around, and I just noticed, and that's when cell phones first came mm-hmm. out. We picked up this kid in the parking lot, and he had like this block. I was like, 
he was talking to this block. It was a cell phone. I was like, uh, oh my uh, God, it's a, it's a yeah, cell yeah, phone. Yeah. And, um, so I'm driving, I'm, I end up driving all these guys around and they're pulling pistols out on people. And I'm, and I'm like, you guys are dealing drugs. <laughs> you know, I didn't know it at first. I, I, I just, just kind of like, oh, they, they were just had all this money. My dumb ass is just going, Oh man, they're gonna give me a lot of money for gas, you know. And, <laughs> I love rap. And yeah. I was like, and I was just so naive to it. And um, they're going around and dealing big drugs and all this other stuff, money. And I'm like, I- I'm not thinking about getting arrested. The whole time I'm thinking about, man, I can fill up my car with gas. This is gonna be awesome. This is nine nine cent clean gas. And they, yeah. this is like more they, like bush they, gas. They, they, <laughs> Been giving nobody no ride. They fine. They now, now I'm trying. When they pull the gun out, now I'm trying. Like, oh man, I got to get rid of these guys. And, uh, you think? <laughs> so I finally get rid of them, and they they said they gave me five dollars. Oh no! You and see, I was no, like, no, and I was sitting there no. going like, oh, you, you got, got you a got brick a, phone? You got a you got a problem with that? I'm like, nah, it's cool. So I ended up going. Yeah. I, ended, I ended up getting. I mean, I'm so like stressed out. I was like, luckily it was a punk rock show that night. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I got I got to go to the I show. Got, I got to go. Like to, it's gotten so much better. I got I got to go to the show. This this is gonna be awesome. I saw Jay Brad later on, and now he's a record driver. <laughs> and that doesn't that doesn't even I talk, so I said hey man I'm a record driver now man you need to call me so I called him once and he called me like two or three days later and I'm like yeah well he failed, he failed at that <laughs> then I saw him his pictures on the side of the, the freeway Jay Brad's running for city council oh, okay. oh yeah 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 I, I saw that I saw that and yeah. I was sitting there going like man that's Jay Brad you yeah. know and uh, I was just, I was just amazed because he was like, "Hey man, we went to school together." Mm. I was like, "Oh, Jay Brad, what are you doing nowadays?" Oh, I'm running for office. Yeah. Come vote for me. I'm like, "How are you?" It didn't it didn't grasp me. Yeah. But back to the skinhead deal. That's when that was the first time they brought up skinheads in the media here in Houston. Isn't that 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 drug yeah. bus? Yeah. And that yeah, drug they, bus. They was, knew who we were though. That drug bus was, yeah, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, it was one of the one times that you saw us like on the news. The other time was during Westheimer Arts Festival, oh. when um, when one of the boneheads threw um, Mala top cocktail at, um, I think it was Beast was living there, and somebody else was living Beast? there. Beast, oh Beast man, and Dwayne were there, living man. in yeah. like a little, um, in like a little, you know. Dude. One of the little, um, you know, small houses in the Montrose area. Mm-hmm. And we were about to have a barbecue there. So everybody went home after West Ham Irish Festival because, you know, you're sweating out there with your flight jackets on in yeah. 90 degree weather and shit like that. <laughs> hanging never, out um, by that the Valera. <laughs> hey, man, we were showing up and showing out, all right? <laughs> all right? Don't, don't say nothing, all right? That's just a bad leather jacket. But we didn't put on our best best, you know, but we always had a show that okay. evening afterwards. So so um, everybody was supposed to meet back up like in an hour. So once again, this is before cell phones and stuff. So I was, I just got home, just got dropped off and I was getting dressed. Um, Bo and Rihanna and a whole bunch of other people were going to get dressed also. So next thing I know, I get a phone call and it's Beast on the other line. He's all like, I'm like, why are you on the news talking to me? Like, I'm literally talking to Beast and watching the news at the same time. <laughs> like, he's just like, you see these motherfuckers, dude? Y'all need to get back to the house now. Like, he's having this conversation. Like, y'all need to get back to the house right now. Yeah. These fools and throwing some shit at the house and all this other stuff. And we were just like, look, all right, I just got dropped off. I'll, 
I mean, I got to wait until everybody gets home, but I'll page him 911. So maybe like they'll stop and use a pay phone and like find out what's going on. So sure enough, like we're in a bow, they stop uh, and they pull over. And so they circle back, come and get me. We go over to the house and sure enough, we're like doing the cat and mouse, like Tom and Jerry thing with like boneheads for the rest of the evening before the show starts. It was, wow. it was, it was awesome. So, I mean, well, it wasn't awesome, but yeah, we were actually on <laughs> the house is on and you can see Fiesta and Mike pacing back and forth, oh, grabbing the phone from Beast and they were just like, what the and you can see him in the background like talking like everybody was talking like all the guys were back there and I think Jose showed up like in the middle of the news being there because the news was right up the street yeah like it was at Westheimer Arts Festival so yeah. I mean like when they saw it when they heard that something had happened they came right over and started interviewing like exactly what's happening he's like get the fuck out of here like you can yeah. hear us in the background like get the fuck out of well, here what was Crane it was yeah. Crane around then or was Crane okay I'm going to tell you one thing right now and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for it but I don't mm -hmm. like Crane and um and me and Crane had issues and that's something that we'll address maybe or maybe not or his name will come up or whatever. Mm. But he's definitely a factor in which um I feel, you know, hampered the Houston scene. So he, he was the bodyguard on our radio show for a while. And it, 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 it was and it was funny because <clears throat> I got I got banned one of the three or four times I got banned from Fitzgeralds. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah um, he always got us banned from something. But <laughs> the, the security guys came up to me and they were like, uh, "You gotta leave." And uh, Crane, Crane, yeah, Crane, I, like, I, 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 I did something. Yeah. Well, I banned me for a lot of things there. If the cream corn wrestling deal was another thing they banned me for. Uh, okay, we don't have to really <laughs> dive back into this. Yeah, this we're, we're cream gonna, corn yeah. now wrestling. We're gonna have I'm to like, do a part like, three on this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when Crane, 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 Crane went up to the security guy and said, "Yo, yo, you ain't kicking him out. You ain't kicking me out." We're gonna beat your ass, and so they go on. They go on about beating all the security guys at, secure, at, at Fitzgerald at the time, <laughs> and um, and I was I just sat in the back going like, yes, <laughs> like, it's a, like the like like the the like Star Wars, the Dark right. Sith. I'm like, yes, I think, I think most people most no. people who hang around the Houston scene who's not old like I am, um, we or me and Brad um, kind of don't remember a time that we didn't kind of just like run the venues that yeah. I mean when I say run the venues but I mean like we were always there and we were always present and mm -hmm. trying to sneak out in and stuff like that and <laughs> some of us did work there some of us didn't mm -hmm. but you know um, but the thing is is that you know we had to fight to get that space you know yeah. we had to fight to get that space at Fitzgerald's we had to and fight to establish to it right mm -hmm. and the um, you know at the BIS at um, that turned into the Vatican um, the unit Unicorn for a little bit, deep yeah, fat, go ahead suit, you know, countless bars <laughs> around town. I mean, we had to really fight for that space and to keep that space like ours. What do you think of Sarah? We won't go. We'll, we'll go into that. Yeah, we got to wrap that's this a, one up. Yeah, that's a you, you opening up all <laughs> yeah. these like 30, 45 minute conversations that we just got to come back to. Because <laughs> uh, lo you love her or hate her. When I, I was living in Austin at the time when Fitzgerald's closed, but when no, when nothing says closed, but when they went through that whole like, oh Sarah Fitzgerald is a Nazi and all this other stuff, and I was like, and people that knew her said, no, she's crazy, but she ain't no Nazi, you know, and it was all these kids, and I seen kids, 
they were actually mad because she didn't allow they they were kind of have a hip hop show or something like that and, and she didn't allow us to have shows anymore. I mean, like we yeah, stopped. She, having, she yeah. was just getting crankier and yeah. crankier. I, mean, yeah, I, I remember but multiple dealt, times. But she dealt with a lot of stuff over the years. Though. Yeah, that's I fine. Mean, but been, I don't think she's a Nazi. Like, I just thought she was a cranky no. old lady. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 That's I all, mean, that's I read reason. There was a whole write up in the Houston Chronicle about what you're talking about and like and social media. There was all this stuff and like reading about it. I was like, no, she just a mad old bitch. That's all that is. Like she is not. She's not. Racist. She's not a Nazi. No, she just don't want to be bothered with your ass. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and people that knew her was like, "That's just Sarah," you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, and she got she crankier got, and crankier as she got she older. She answered that. She took. She dealt with that on a wrong level. Yeah, her response yeah. was shitty. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. when she made the mistake. But, I mean, but that's what that that's what a person who doesn't really. I mean, you got to understand. She might have been the owner, but she wasn't the one running the place on it. I mean, she was up there, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, it was people like Denise and stuff like that, and all these other people who Danetta and all these other people who were Roach. He was up there. Jesse, he mm-hmm. was up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people who were you know helping us get bands in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I I remember we used to have to pay forty five dollars um, to play up there. Yoda's love child used to have to pay to play. Mm. Bands used to have to pay to play. Now, you know, like until you got established, like um, you know, crowd of people, or right. you got on a network with Thirty Foot Fall or Sprawl or Dishmog or whoever locally tasted garlic, whatever, mm-hmm. whoever locally was playing. If you didn't get picked up on their lineup, if she had a free night, you had to pay to like play there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, thank God over time, Yo Yoda's Love Child got picked up. Everybody else got picked up, but you know, it was us coming out and being a community that got a lot of these bands, the crowds that they did, 30 foot fall, things like that. And it's just like, you know, so, but that's, I mean, I understand her response, but it's not like she was dealing with like necessarily booking bands all the time and doing all that. I mean, she was the owner, you know, she wasn't the one, she would see the aftermath of like us goings on, but it would have been a lot worse if a lot of people weren't smart at the beginning and bringing all the local kids in on stuff right. and really mm-hmm. letting us kind of handle our own crowd control and got rid of a lot of the bouncers and stuff that we're doing it because like we refuse to have bouncers at our shows we we said that we take care of our own stuff so after a while you stop seeing like you saw staff there mm-hmm. but our security was roach Jesse, all yeah. the other boys, and those right. are people who already knew and who were already a part of our community, you know. So it was just like, and they knew that if they needed help, all they had to do was look at me or look at somebody else, and we'd be like, we got it. You know? Yeah, I got to the point so. where when I did a show, I always hired a cop, and at the time you only needed one cop. Now you got to hire two cops for eight hours to work a show, but I always. And I always hired a cop that kind of knew the scene, like the numbers, mm-hmm. because, and it's not because anything's going to pop off. It's because people are less likely to pop off if they have a cop working there. So to avoid all it, I would rather pay the extra money to avoid problems down the line than to, and call help and having to call the police. And just but have we a didn't have to do that because at, the, at a certain point, you respected you're, your elders. Yeah, you're you I'm just, I'm just policing I'm just ourselves. Right, right. I, yeah. You should, and, and you that, should, but there's a lot of times, I just me as a promoter, I don't want to take that chance. So I'd rather pay, sure. you know, you know, I don't yeah. want to lose my ass. I mean, you know somebody that works security. You know somebody that's going to yeah. work security. I mean, there. we've all done. But yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. If it would have to be a, it would have to be a small show for me just to do it, without having. I mean, and most of the shows back then was just a small, you know, right. doing doing stuff. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really. 
it wasn't really a need for all that, but there was a need to have people there who cared enough about the venue and the scene mm-hmm. to keep things going. Because we knew if we tore up the joint, you know, we weren't going to be allowed to play there right. yeah. again, and our bands wouldn't be able to play there either. Mm-hmm. And there was only like what two or three venues back in the day. And yeah. I mean, when I say that, I say that strongly. There was only three Fitzgeralds. The Abyss or Vatican at any given time, and one rando that would be opening or closing because numbers you could never do anything on a Friday night mm-hmm. because that was 80s night. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, if there wasn't something else going on, like another band, like you know, Front 242 or something like that, mm-hmm. that was industrial rock, wasn't playing on a Saturday, you might be able to if you were really good with mm-hmm. with Rudy, like me and Lorada. You still, get him I, I to give up. Like, I still yeah. think it's the same way. It's the it same is. way. Yeah. It is. Yeah. You know, they're not going to give up Friday like we, nights. We can't yeah. get Friday do they, make, yeah. do they make that much? That's, that's off the subject. Well, we but, got a Friday night one time. Yeah, but we paid for it too. Do they make we, enough? Yeah, they, yeah we got to we got to cut okay. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cut off. <laughs> <laughs> this this just means we got to do a part three. That's all that means. <laughs>